Episode 141 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Uh, it's, again, not, not everybody's here. Yay! <laughs> Wait, yay that everybody's here? No, yay, I made it. Oh, Katie's here. Uh, it was pushing, it was, well, it was questionable, y'all. You get, you know. I know, I gotta get closer to the mic. Yep. All right, so Robert is not here. Robert is feeling under the weather, so he did not come. Fingers crossed, it's not contagious. Yes. Uh, we had a good show this weekend. We did. We did uh, the Pearland show, our first Pearland show. I was, I was so tired Saturday. Yes. By the time, like, I felt so bad. So we had another vendor who crashed at our house. Loved it. Had to, I always love when people come to visit. But I felt bad because she got here. She got home before we did. No big deal. She had a key. She took her shower, all that. But then after she got out of the shower, she laid down. And so then when we finally made it home and I took a shower, I laid down. And so we were texting each other from upstairs and downstairs. I passed out on the couch. I we even, were so tired. We couldn't even get we out were, of bed. We were in our own hometown, own hometown and I didn't even go hang out with vendors afterwards. I didn't. I was too tired. I, and I'll be honest, if I wouldn't have helped our daughter with concession stands, if we wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I don't think we would have been as tired. Yeah. Our daughter did the concession stands for to raise money for her new york trip with her girl scout troop well she's she's going to new york with her girl scouts the fundraiser was for her for personally her. not for the girl scout troop yes. that's not allowed yeah i know yeah. for her and uh she had to raise quite she a needed bit fifteen hundred dollars for this trip and she did it and selling weekend, one and two dollar items at a girlfriend hustled and worked her butt off and the vendors and drinks and candy the vendors came through i've never been on this side of the receiving and it was it's very humbling it was awesome it was yeah the, the really awesome part is that i now don't have to pay for my daughter to go yeah so and part of great. mine is covered because i'm chaperoning so that's even better so my part is even cheaper. better yep yep all right so let's do our sponsors real quick katie if you are looking for a high quality pvc rack <laughs> look no further than lone star reptile racks they offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes geckos rats and more you can even order something custom shipping is available or you can plan to pick up at a herps reptile show near you visit lsreptileracks.com to reach out to lone star reptile racks and place your order today and robert had a pretty good show for it being the first time the show was held here uh it's 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 weird when a show is a first time show because the people in that area are not used to reptile shows and as much as we have the conroe show which is the other side of houston if you're from around houston if you're on this side of houston you don't tend to go to the other side of houston oh absolutely driving through houston through sucks houston. Uh, i think that's probably true for probably any big city and we'll, we'll talk to our guest because he lives near a big city and it's probably true uh so it was different you had a different group of people down here that don't normally go to the reptile shows so it went pretty well for him, especially since no hotels, no gas, no nothing. We live here. Yeah, it was really awesome. Um, also, want to give a shout out to our other event, our other, man, my, my brain is all over the place. Our other sponsors. There's three days till break, man. We I know. This. Wiregrass Exotics, if you're over in the Wiregrass area, you know, South East Alabama, South, yeah, East Alabama. My brain went blank for a second. Uh, go visit Wiregrass Exotics. Check them out for all your reptile and feeder needs. And then also, we talked about the Herp Show. Let's go ahead and give out the next dates. We have Austin, Texas, December 3rd and 4th. Slidell, December 10th and 11th. Those are the last of 2022. That's the last shows of the year. 
We're all coughing oh here. Oh, my gosh. It's rough tonight. And then uh, they start the year out in January 14th and 15th, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Off to Longview, Texas, January 21st, 22nd. Then the Conroe Show, my birthday weekend, January 28th, 29th. Corpus Christi, Texas, February 25th, 26th. New Orleans is going to be March 4th and 5th. And then the Bryan College Station is March 11th and 12th. That's Joe's birthday. It's New Orleans. That is, well-ish, yeah. Her birthday's Oh, it's the 4th, yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't know why I always think it's... I, it's three four now. Yeah, was, it should be very easy to remember. You'd think. I mean, I was there when it happened. Oh. So I don't need a Red Bull. A Red I have Bull a heart condition. Sea anal side exotic. So we needed a Red Bull. It would do nothing for me. I, no, uh, James would just go to sleep. Although these gnats, I'm gonna look like a psychopath. On I, this I, video. I told somebody to order a catchy. No. Okay. Well, yes, you did because we looked back through the text, and I was right, and you were right. I mean, catchy pads. Oh, yeah. So. Okay, I'll send you Not that my real fault. quick. Uh, no, it is somehow. Nope, it's not my fault. fault. Also, if you want to save fifteen percent on your VivTech orders, go ahead and get those bulbs and all the different sensors and cameras and all the stuff they have now. Fifteen percent. It is Gumbo Twenty Two, all one word. Gumbo Twenty Two. Go out, get your VivTech products. We need to get some light bulbs. We keep saying that every week. We do need to get some light bulbs. Uh, you can always use light bulbs. Yes. Eventually, they will get used. Well, I say we, yes. They won't burn out because they'll be good for at least like four years. Yep. So, but then if you have extra light bulbs, then you have a reason to get extra animals. This is true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want stuff with legs, but we'll talk to our guests because he has stuff with legs. Uh, and then also, there was something else. Oh, our giveaway for this month, and I will post it up tonight. I'm, I'm talking with uh, Repticulture. They're going to do the $50 gift certificate. I think it was 50 I'm pretty sure it was 50 I'm sorry, Brittany, if it's not 50 I'm pretty sure it's $50 gift certificate to Repticulture. Uh, you can use it at herb shows or in the shop or online they do ship so you'll get that posted up tonight tomorrow but it'll be up there and then we have a giveaway plan for next month which i'm really excited we have several giveaways for next month when we get there um also i wanted to throw out there and i thought it out throughout there last month and i need to our last episode and i need to go ahead and type up a thing for it. any of our listeners that are artists or anything like that we would love to add your designs into our store kind of as a way to Maybe donate to the show. Uh, we'll give you a free shirt, but then that money that we can make off of that will go towards the show to help pay for this because it's not free. And now I have to cough. I promise we're not contagious. Much. Um, but I'm fixing to go check pizza. Oh, yeah. I can smell pizzas open. I bring. So just reach out to us. I will make a post about it, but we'd love to like put your design on the back of one of our shirts now that we have, now that Katie is drinking the microphones. Uh, now that we have a store, and then we'll put our little logo on the front and we'll send you one and all that. Um, but yeah, let me go ahead and bring my guest in since I'm I'm here all alone now, all by myself. Our guest tonight, which we've been trying to line up for months now, is Bill Bradley of Cold Black Exotics. How's it going, Bill? It's going good. Um, you know, raking in all that podcast money you were talking about with your shirts and stuff. I know. It's just people throw money at us all the time. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. By people, I mean my my own job, paying me for my job, and then me paying for the podcast yes those people exactly <laughs> um we have, we've been trying to do this you you are a busy man yeah yes i'm super excited i hate that robert didn't get because robert's been looking forward to having you back on and then of course we get you back on and he has to become an outbreak monkey so i keep making the reference about outbreak monkey and I, I think i'm getting farther farther away from the movie and people don't know what i'm talking about when i say like i know That's older sad. people do that everyone like, should know what you're talking about I've definitely said it around younger people and they just look at me like I'm uh, almost like I'm saying something really bad about that. I'm like, no, nope. It's, it's literally a monkey. That's that, funny. 
It was outbreak. Nobody knows. You would have thought that during the pandemic, that would have been like the number one on Netflix or something that everyone would like. How did Justin Hoffman not have a resurgence after the pandemic? It's because there was a new film that came out like six months before COVID happened. And the film was very much along the lines of something like COVID happens and wipes out the population. What film was that? I don't remember what it was called because I don't watch thrillers like that. They give Maybe me anxiety. There's Contagion. But, that's one. I've never seen Contagion. Oh, that's true. I think, I think that may have been it. Maybe a little, mon- little I, monkey playing with a little girl was too old was, people. Not but it was enough. definitely a, a newer age type film. Lame. Yeah. Lame. I'm like, come I want to go with now. the monkey in the woods that the little classic. girl plays with. Damn monkeys. It'd be classic. So, Bill, how's it been? Uh, it's been good. It's been how's very the, different. How's the weather? Cold. Uh, it actually, I am now in Pennsylvania for uh, temporarily for the time being. And it finally actually got cold and snowed today. That's why I quite upsettingly look so much better because my phone has a better camera than my laptop, which I need to upgrade. <laughs> um, and so uh, all of my background looks different because I'm still on my grandma couch, but it is now away from it's my okay. heater so that I don't light my grandma couch on fire. Good call. Good call. But no, it finally got cold and snowed. I uh, moved all my window plants to what a snow. Yeah. Well, you know, the, with the frozen water from the sky. You guys don't. You guys don't know. So, so when you mentioned you want your grandma couch to catch on fire, it reminded me of my day yesterday, which was my like grandma couch on fire. the worst Monday in the history of all of Mondays. But I of all yes, Mondays, I came home, took a bubble bath, and took a two-hour nap just so that I could wake up in a better mood. It was the worst of all Monday. Like, all can Mondays. you remember every Monday? All Mondays, James. Don't question me. Oh, okay. I mean, on nine, nine, that was a Tuesday. All Mondays. Okay. I mean, so there's a historical day called Bloody Sunday. I think the Monday after that may have sucked okay, quite that a bit. Also may, have, but that wasn't my lifetime. So in the history of Fair. my Mondays, this was Fair. the worst. I have a leopard gecko. I have a Brazilian horn frog who just has a light. He has no heat. I have a three-toed Eastern box turtle. I have a crested gecko who also does not have heat, but I have a fat-tailed gecko in my classroom. Do you have to keep saying I have a? Yes. Okay. I walk into my room with my students after lunch and my room smells like it's on fire. Oh. I immediately started to panic and check all cages. I made the kids stop at the door, but my my one hard, fast rule in my classroom is if Miss Lewis is not freaking out, then you are not freaking out. No matter yep. what is happening. So in the back, back of my mind, I tell myself, you're not freaking out. You're going to scare the children. You're not freaking out. You're going to scare the children. But like, even the kids are like, why does our room smell like fire? And I'm like, Shh, just let me figure <laughs> out where it's coming from. Like, then we will figure out if we need to sound an alarm. Come to find out my projector bulb blew. And the whole projector was what was creating that smell. For once, it's yep. not reptiles that cause a fire. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Because all I could think was if it was one of those things malfunctioning, my principal was about to shut down the whole zoology club. Like, that's all I could think yep. in my head. Yep. So it was not. It was the projector. And I mean, that also sucked because I use it all the time when I teach. And our technology guy took the whole thing away 
from me and said, everything's on back order. You might just want to prepare. It could be a while. And I cried in the bathroom. So the kids did not see me. And then I got my shit together and prepared to teach old school. And then my amazing, wonderful husband remembered that we have a projector at home. And he, he rigged it for me, and that's what I thought was today. It was one of those it random, was not the best, but it worked. It was one of those random Christmas gifts and that the family kids gives you. It was so cool. <laughs> Came in handy. Awesome. Oh, it was awesome. Great. But yeah, the, you when you mentioned the fire, it. And this is the time of year when people are turning on like heaters for in your house, and you know you sure. really have to be careful. There's a meme it's not really a meme it's more like just a picture but it's floating around you know don't plug space heaters into surge protectors because it can overload the surge protector and burn the surge protector did you know this i did not know that yeah i figured it was a surge protector's job to just shut off if it's if the space heater is too powerful then you have to use a heavier duty extension cord you realize the the heaters in my tortoise barn are plugged into a surge protector. Well, we might want to reconsider electrical. They didn't die last year. Oh, my God. Or the year before that. Oh, my God. We're doing good. But did you die? But did you? <laughs> They're fine. They're, they're still shitting and walking around. Every time she rides in the car with me. But did you die? Uh, so I want to get into our question this week. Uh, I, I told Bill I forgot to ask him a question and then I came up with a question and then everybody was like, hey, we're going to answer that question. Oh, I totally thought that was his question. No, that your was, question? I get no credit for that. You up. don't. I thought it was your question, Bill. I was like, sure. damn, that's a good question. Sure, it's Bill's question. <laughs> Bill's question. We'll give it to Bill. I thought it was. Nope. 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 All Bill. How funny. James did nothing. I mean. Okay. <laughs> uh, the question was, though, uh, what do you feel that's is the largest danger? in everything. I know. Fucking. Bill got you that projector as well. He's that was all from him. That's awesome. You te- you texted him saying, "Man, my wife sure is bitching today." <laughs> Bill reminded me, "Hey guys, you have that projector. You could use that." And that's what I was. Yeah. All Bill. Uh, the question is, what do you feel is the largest danger to the reptile hobby's longevity, and why? Uh, with a lot of things coming, and we just had the election, and and some uh, some of that's going to affect. Definitely reptile stuff down the road. Some of those people that got elected are the ones that we're going to have to reach out to and hope they have a few brain cells that are functioning and uh, and can do the right thing. But I'll go through several of our answers. A lot of them repeat, uh, which as you would assume in this hobby. But uh, our buddy Dax at DNT Retix uh, said that I'm quite large, so he's going to say me. And, <laughs> and uh, what I have to say to that is, Dax, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, Dax. That's funny. Um, but Ashley Howdy said, infighting and division uh, and, and human psychology 101, uh, which is, she also had another one. I was trying to find out where it was. It may be on another page, but she, I'll come back to it later if I find it. But infighting is a big one. Um, what is in Infighting? Yeah, what is that? So within the hobby, people... Oh, like, fighting oh like fighting within fighting in, our yeah. window. In, it's in well, the it's well, in the name. Well, that's what I was I was like, are we? <laughs> my mind went to like dog fighting, and I'm like, yes. are we fighting? There's our snake adults? fights. Is there like do, and monitor fights? So no, Mike's so monitors we, is on. We, they fight monitors. I was like, is there something ends. underground? I don't know about. No, we we take inns, you know, 1800s <laughs> hotels, and we fight them against one another 
in small corporate battles for who gets the village. And that's how you determine reptile politics. I was very confused. That sounds that's why right. I was like, did I miss something somewhere? Okay. Yes, yes, definition. Yes. Something. I, yeah, you totally missed definition. <laughs> yes. Lord have um, mercy. The projector works, is- just go with it. I know. Today <laughs> was a much better day at our school. Infighting is a problem, but the problem... So the problem with that is sometimes the divisions are proper. Like, as we'll get to some of these other issues that people have in the hobby, like whether they think are issues and that could uh, hurt the hobby. There has to be a division because some of us are not on the same side. And as bad as it sounds like we should, we'd like to be, we'd like to all come together. But some of what I think is going to eventually possibly hurt our hobby. We can't back. We can't be like, yeah, we, we still have your back, even though, you may be the reason that some of this gets messed up. So can I chime in on that one? Yeah. Um, I recently became a part of that division a little bit uh, on purpose. So my thought process with that is um, with the whole influencer thing. And and a bunch of those answers were related to politics and stuff, which I agree with that that is going to be an issue in the future. But um, it was based off of influencers showing all, you know, these negative stereotypes and all these negative things about the hobby. And I recently took the stance of, I don't think that I could beat them because I don't have enough money and it's not my full-time job and it is, it is theirs. And so just by the nature of the juggernaut that is the algorithm for social media, I'm playing catch up 10 years behind. It's very difficult. So what I took the stance of was I have a TikTok for Cold Black Exotics, which had really not a lot on it. it I just did it for fun with the kids, uh, with my kids. And I thought it was a way younger generation. So maybe that would kind of generate interest on the educational part. And it kind of did, but not really. And it just sort of sat there. It, I, I do more of the podcast stuff. This stuff, this is geared toward adults, right? Yeah. So I revived that. Um, and I just started making fun of major influencers. Um, but kind of like in my own way, like I, I made a TikTok about, I literally made a hashtag that said, oh, hashtag obese retics suck and hashtag stop fingering eggs. <laughs> and who, wait, wait, who are you aiming that at? I I, no one. I did okay. not aim it at anyone. I let the comments do what comments on social media do. But if you feel attacked, then perhaps you should take a look at the mirror. I'm just going to well, say that. Well, it turns out the way algorithms work for something like TikTok is people comment and, and interact and so on and so forth. Normal social media stuff. I answered them. And so I got hundreds and hundreds of quote unquote, stupid, basic uh, corn snake, duh, 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 things we make fun of newbie questions. Yeah. And I went through and I answered every single one of them. Wow. It, it took forever. I was going to say, how long did that take? All, all day. I, my phone buzzed all day. I answered them all day. What, what is this? I, Cause I had the video had a retick and a berm. And I said, you know, berms have a little bit of squish retics are muscular. Da, da, da. And then just, it just started, right? I didn't do anything other than that. I made those two hashtags. I put that video up after someone else had made a video. 
that some folks didn't really like and shared it on platforms and whatnot. And then I just answered questions like, oh, what about my ball python? Tons of questions about ball pythons. Of course. I, in my friend circle, are like, ha ball python, you know, they're easy to make fun of. But that's yeah, to my... I don't who, know anybody who else like that. But no, no, that, that's to my friends where, like, I'm not trying to trash the industry. I just know the oh, jokes because I'm in this group. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I just kept answering those questions. Dude, that thing has 950,000 views Jeez. right now. Crap. Yeah, it's like gigantic, but it's I apparently I didn't know, like I didn't research TikTok or anything, but it's because I kept answering the comments. I, I interacted with the audience through oh, that. Cool. And I'm telling you, like if people are listening to this and, and you have TikTok or some way to go look at it, just go look at it and scroll through the comments. There are dozens and dozens of comments that are on our side, for lack of a better term. They they call out people who probably do things that I don't agree with and ask questions about that. I never one time, never in any of the comments, I don't name people. I didn't tag anybody, nothing. People would ask me questions. Oh, what about egg? Why would you do with eggs, dude? And I just answered. And I answered in what I kind of assume anybody who asks me to be on a podcast or is on my podcast kind of feels about that. Yeah. And, and it just kept rolling. Nice. And so well, that's awesome. Man, that I don't is, have a TikTok now. I kind of want to get it just so I can follow you on TikTok. You should. I'm trying to get it to a million views. Cause I think it'd be amazing. Um, and then I made a few more that were just, you know, I showed a big retic crawling and, did a couple of snake movement things and the stuff that I do education stuff. Right. Um, right. And, and like the next one that was just a retick crawling where I talked about ribs had like 20,000 views, just like ridiculous numbers for a person that I don't do that, you know? Um, yeah. But that for this topic, that's like, I'm, I'm basically trolling. Like that's, that's what oh, I'm doing. Yeah. And but it's educational. It, well, but that's my thing is it, it's divisive. And it's trolling, but it's because our, or what I assume our viewpoint is, is, you know, natural history, responsible keeping. So, Absolutely. you know, things that we promote. Yeah. We, we are actually the minority in her pediculture currently. And so mm -hmm. we kind of almost have to take the troll stance a little bit where it's civil discourse. Cause I'm a grown up, not an actual TikTok user. <laughs> But we have one more follower now. <laughs> but if, but if nine hundred and fifty thousand people saw, and a bunch of them were like, "Oh my god, what is that hashtag? Why are we fingering eggs?" You know, <laughs> I I purposely made it salacious, you know, and and that gets people's attention because social media is paying for your attention, right? Oh yeah, then, it's you gotta and, have the hook. But. I, I didn't usually start the answer to most of those questions. There were other people answering. I'm so glad you said that. I always wondered about that. Why do people do that on and on? And it just continued. And so, like, I think the division thing is 100% true. And on the political front and, and things like that, that can be bad. But we have competing viewpoints. We have competing yeah. ethics. We have, honestly, we have two competing 
forms of her pediculture. I don't like that form of her pediculture. I like my form. And most everybody I've interviewed on my podcast, all the people I talk to who have their own podcast, our views kind of conform. That's why we talk to each other. And so theirs don't. And coincidentally, you can list on one hand the number of podcasts I've ever been on or the <laughs> only like 40 or 50 guests I've ever had. I feel there's so probably special. a reason for that. But I'm saying like there's probably a reason for yeah. that. I know. Hold I on. agree with that 100%. Because well, some of these differences are so drastic. That there's not a middle ground. In, in, like, Correct. Well, there may be a middle ground, but but they're so drastic that one side can will not definitely not get closer to the other one like well not only that but there are i have i've discovered there are very few people that are truly open-minded and are willing to listen to both sides of an argument that's the country and as a whole but it's really bad and that's that's actually the reason i love the reptile fight club Chuck was in yes. Chuck right there. Um, I yes. love that because I'm like, yes, Absolutely. hear both sides and then make a, an educated decision. I I was raised that. Well, and way. they have to argue a side that they may not agree with, which is very Correct. interesting. To to. Yeah. And I love I did that. that. Right, yeah. at, right after that, I mm-hmm. did that. And I argued for obese reticulated pythons. It's very difficult. Yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta <laughs> yeah. kill you just a little bit inside. But but we did. We went through an entire episode where we we hashed that out and I defended the side that I personally hate. Yes. I know, and, and talking to in, in the episode, talking to Chuck and Justin, I did a pretty good job because I know why those people do that because I know why I don't like it. <laughs> and so exactly it, it isn't, it isn't based. That's why I said I was kind of making fun of the TikTok thing for like, I'm a grown up, et cetera, or whatever, but that's kind of, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like it isn't, I didn't, you don't, don't name people and tag people and, and be childish or whatever. Right. Just, I, I know why you're doing what you're doing. I don't agree with it and I don't do it. I'm a grown up. This is my money and my thing. And this is what I'm going to do. Right. And so, and so are you. So rock out. Like I, there's a reason that it, I am sitting here like, woohoo, 950,000. Hey friends, get me to a million. And those yeah. people are like, you're such an idiot. I don't even know your name. Yeah. Okay. Like it, it works. But I know why you do share, it. I just don't and I'm going to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I guess growing up because writing was always one of my favorite things in school. And I had a teacher tell me one time that all good writers can lie through their teeth. Yes. And that's how I see a lot of when, when you see like debates. Well, anybody that's ever done debate knows that to, in order to argue the other side, you have to understand the other side. People that lose at debating yeah. to try and argue. They argue something they don't understand. Correct. Yeah. You have to understand why you don't like that. You have to understand what is wrong with it. Yeah. And so, you know, Bill having to argue for obese snakes, he has to know why it's wrong, not just I do it because I want to. Right. Because that is not an acceptable answer. <laughs> well, and but because here eventually that when you get down that list, a lot of those answers were um, related to politics. Yeah. That in our country. And I, I just assume every country, but in our country, very obviously, because it's on TV and Facebook and whatever, that's why we hate each other and fight and argue and all this other nonsense is because we're uneducated about so many things. Then we just get mad. And it's like, yes. I hate that person. It's like, why? It's like, I can't answer, but damn it, I'm mad. Because someone else told me I should be mad at them. Yes. But you're just, if if you have a, my thing is, if you have a fully fleshed out argument, 
this is my deal and I don't like it. Done. We don't need to argue. <laughs> like you, <laughs> if, you have, if you have a fully fleshed out point that is counter to my fully fleshed out point, and it is something that is not fact-based, it is, it is your choice and, and an ethical issue, then we're no longer debating. That's called a jihad, and we don't fight those anymore. See, that's, that's right. See, that's what happens <laughs> whenever I try to talk uh, feral cats with somebody. But that's right? that's what I'm saying. It's not it's not a debate. You have all of the knowledge and information. You are correct and accurate, and the other person, if they had all of the knowledge and information, and were like, "I release my cats," there's no way to fight them. A hundred percent. Yeah. If they have zero knowledge and information. But all of the conviction of the person who has all of the knowledge and information, also no way to fight them. The only person you win, win, quote unquote, are fence riders. Mm-hmm. People that don't know. I, I don't right. really know. I can convince you I'm super smart and have a bunch of knowledge and here's why I'm right. Yep. And I talk with confidence and have pretty blue eyes. Listen to me. <laughs> I don't have blue eyes, but yes. <laughs> but, you know, the... The, the person who's like, you're an idiot. I let my cat out all the time. He doesn't kill that many birds. And the person who's <laughs> like, uh, it's 9 billion birds. We have a book that says that. Mm-hmm. Those two people don't ever meet in the middle, ever. No. No. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just acceptance of that. Like, that sucks. And it's yes. sad, but it is. But it's you know like, I mean? so... So I had two kids today that were arguing and I said, I said, I said, okay, guys, I was like, you've (laughs) got this and then you've got this. I'm like, is it going to matter in five minutes? They were like, no. I said, then you need to agree to disagree and move on. You are wasting time. Well, I I can say as someone who teaches, unfortunately, the future of America, uh, more and more. So I've done it. I've taught for 10 years now. So I've seen a large variety of, of students and it's more and more becoming common that people just don't have the, whether it be training or ability to handle conflict. Mm-hmm. No, their reaction and do is conflict to resolution. You in the face. Right. It, it's, it's, it's automatically jumps straight to anger and, and it's becoming more and more common. And that, that's, that's a scary thing. But when you look at our culture, it kind of aims at it that, we've watched the culture over the last 15 20 years that's kind of what they've shown us that's the way to do it i mean like in real housewives of whatever right that's 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 their goal that's their thing that's how they sell that show they're nice ladies (laughs) so i mean like fucking train wreck though if you ever turn it on like you just want but to know it's horrible i hate it but the idea of learning more about something your lady lizard brain (laughs) (laughs) the idea of learning more about something to better understand it or learning how to understand someone else's point of view. That idea is no longer the norm. I think that's why I don't ever turn the channel because I'm like, if I watch this long enough, I will understand the madness. There is nothing, there is no there's nothing understanding about Swap show. I will say if David Attenborough narrated it, reading from a psychology textbook, I would watch it every day. <laughs> Yes, one hundred percent. Here is where they fight over mates and resources. <laughs> this is when they pick up the furniture and they throw it across the room. But uh, no, that's the thing is what you said is correct. You know, it's it's the screaming heads on television for one side or the other, so on and so forth. And that's where that's what I thought with that TikTok thing that I made. 
And then basically kind of how I do my podcast and social media stuff anyway, is if I just continue to point out these things or espouse my point of view or what have you, and then the it's slow, <laughs> slowly, but surely the number of people that are like, yeah, Hey man, that's kind of messed up. Like, why did that person do that? That number starts to get bigger. Yeah. Because in, in, in whatever space, those little voices, they weren't going to say anything. They weren't going to call that person out because they thought they were going to get flamed online or whatever thing. Cause if you are a major social media user or platform user of, of any kind, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and you do that, and that is part of your social space, and then it gets trashed because you you spoke about somebody who was influential or whatever and went against them, and then now everybody hates you or what you're not popular, whatever. You're not gonna do it. Like that's just human behavior. Yeah. So for me. I was like, well, because we were making the joke about the podcast, we were messaging. And even when we started, like, hey, man, I don't make money at this. I don't care. Like, that's I do this because I want to. And so if if I make a TikTok and I'm like, hey, you're dumb, that everything you do is dumb. I hate that. Don't do that. It's terrible. And then a million people turn around and start screaming on my TikTok. I'll literally just delete it off my phone. I don't care. And I'll just watch the grenade roll. It doesn't bother. Like it, it's such a benefit to not be invested in those things because it also lets people who are invested in those things kind of hide behind you. Like yeah. you, you can go in the comments on that thing, say whatever you want. I'll answer you. I'll help teach you about snakes or lizards or armadillos. I don't care. Like, come on, let's go. And you can find a uh, literally 950,000 other people who are like, yeah, that guy with the egg fingers, screw that dude. It's like, oh, it turns out a lot of people think that. Oh, cool. This is the place you should go if you think that's bad. All right, See, that's, cool. That's when I that works that right. But at the same time, unfortunately, so I can see where social media turns into people being able to hide behind something and yeah. just straight up argue and 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 say things that are horribly wrong and inaccurate. Yes. Um, my thing is that the genie's out of the bottle. Facebook groups will never go away. So you can either delete all of them and do your own thing and let your it's when people talk about like organic growth in companies and guerrilla marketing and all that stupid crap they say when they want you to buy fancy coffee or whatever, this is what they actually mean. What they actually mean is an entire circuit of reptile shows, which is a niche inside of pet niches it's the nerdiest hobby ever aside from burgers. Cause everybody hates them. Uh, yes. and it, <laughs> it's just a big circle of people in Texas. And then you guys have a podcast that you guys are a part of that on and on and on. And like, to me, like that's, that's literally grassroots politics, but for us, like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, cause if, if you are a person who is, screaming in a Facebook group or trashing somebody on TikTok or whatever about whatever crazy toad you have. I, I probably don't want to hang out and talk to you anyway. And so it's, it isn't going to, it do, doesn't hurt me for you to be like, I align with egg fingering. Like, cool, man. Good luck. 
because finger away, it, I guess. But because in 2020, whatever, when whoever gets elected and is like, hey, uh, giant pythons eat people, you can't have them anymore. Cool. You're done. Have a nice yeah. day. I'm still a natural. I'll keep ring neck snakes. I don't care. I like this. I, I am a nerd for this. I will figure it out to do what I love. You're going to have to go buy a goldfish or find some other hobby to spend way too much money yeah. on. That you don't actually like good luck fingering a goldfish, but I just, at some point you have to like cut bait, man. This is my crew. And this is the, what we're doing. If you're on board. Awesome. If you're not best of luck. So I'm going to go through a couple of the comments that we had since this. Uh, yeah, I sorry. Know, I don't know. No, it's kind of I don't know who Facebook user is because. I can normally Robert does that. Uh, but but the yard link. Learn how to use the internet. Well, everything <laughs> just reset on Facebook because, like, even myself who was no longer a Facebook user, when I logged in and made a comment oh, yeah. on your dad last week, it was Facebook user. It popped. I was like, what? But it says, uh, it's easier to be mad at someone based on them thinking differently than to try and see things from their point of view, which is, yeah, it's, it's, it's ultimately comes down to laziness. Uh, it, the, the number one issue in society usually stems from laziness in some way or another. And it's lazy to not try and figure out what someone else is, why someone thinks the way they do. So I get that. Uh, like this one, I'm wondering if my, it's my dad or somebody, but the easiest argument is fuck you. You're wrong. Uh, that happens a lot that I think a lot of that stems though, from especially my generation and, and younger, uh, we're definitely raised in a youth are allowed to think whatever you want and you can, you know, whatever you, you are, but it doesn't always make you right. What? What do you mean? I'm always (laughs) right. Well, my thing is that. I, to me, the verbiage on that is much more important in that, because what you said was our generation and younger, you're allowed to think whatever you want and you're not necessarily right. What, how I interpret that is you are allowed to feel however you feel about something. Yeah. You're happy about it. Pisses you off. That's sad. Whatever. It in no way changes the reality or factual situation. Like that's apparently a super weird way to be raised because that's how I was raised. And it, apparently it's really weird, but it is. It, it's I, what I've never understood about this entire conversation we're having is I always thought that was the easy way to do it. Yes. Yes, it is. 100%. Because my parents were always like, Oh, you can you can have whatever opinion you want. That's fine. You still have to go to work. Like it, <laughs> yes. Like everybody hates it. They have a club for that. It's called the bar. Like I don't I don't get it. Like I just I don't understand. I and it's so weird to be in the world now and look oh, around yes, and be is. like, but it, just look around and be like, you guys don't all think that. What's like, the, yeah, you don't, you don't know don't that you can just have an opinion and then just go to the grocery store. Like, but it's I simple just, things. Let me put it in the strange. So in our in our school district, it is now against the rules to have AirPods at school, right? No AirPods at school. Simple rule, just don't have them. Kid has them in, you tell them to take them out, they lose their mind. I'm like, it's a simple rule, but they feel they should be allowed to have them. Right. And when you and you tell them not to, they lose their shit over it. And I'm like, Guys, it's a simple like 
Like there were dress code rules when we were in school. You just followed the dress code rule or we you had got uniforms. in trouble. So it's just, but that, and that's a real strict. And I get that's a very simplified way, but I mean, that, that stuff happens all the time. It's very much a, you know, I don't understand why I can't do what I want to, which is why you see so many places having a hard time hiring right now, right? Mm-hmm. Because people don't want to show up on time. They want to show up when they want to. They don't understand why they get in trouble when they're late or they get in trouble if they're not doing anything or if they're sitting on their phone because they wanted to be on their phone. You know, I know. it's just very strange. Uh, but it things like that are at the heart of all of this. You, you know, we and we've kind of been that way in the past anyway, you know. We uh, tubs and aquariums and you idiots with your PVC and UV stupid, all these stupid arguments that we have to where it's like, okay, hey, man, that's cool. Because I I know that everybody who goes on social media, especially, especially things like Instagram or uh, and sometimes YouTube, all the stuff they click on are like baller setups that are naturalistic with lights that cost more than my car. And then they don't really click on things on paper towels. That's fine. You can do whatever you want to do, but that might inform you of where the world is going or any of those things. Like it it doesn't matter what the reptile debate is. They all kind of drill down that way of, it's, I don't know. I just, it's always been very strange to me. And so that's why I started doing it that way. Like, all right, that's cool. Like, congratulations on a a million youtube whatevers well like you said earlier you know you were raised yeah you can have your opinion you can feel that way that's fine but this is how it is and and i was raised very similarly my parents were firm believers in you need to hear everyone's side of the story you need to gather all of your facts you need to make your own opinion and then make a decision from there and so that's how I was raised. So it it really blows my mind when people genuinely can't accept that someone feels differently than they do. I was raised shut up and get over it. <laughs> that was my dad, my, my loving father. But that's that's just a more gruff way of saying the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like shut up and get over it means you have yours. They have theirs. Move on. Like, it's not, you can yeah. say it just like the Dalai Lama would say it, or you can say, hey, buck the fuck up. What's the difference? Well, and it's like, so, so much of the infighting in our hobby, we can ignore the, the egg fucking. That's wrong. But a lot of the in, infighting in our hobby comes from two different viewpoints. No one comes from two different viewpoints of certain things that they're both viewpoints are, are valid. So, like, the tank argument or the cage argument versus tub argument. Well, both are both work. Those are both a lot. Like you're allowed to have differing opinions there and agree. We both think differently, but they work. There's no reason for us to fight over that kind of stuff. When there are people out there doing things that are far worse that we can all be like, yeah, that's fucking horrible. We can kind of all agree biologically and scientifically and everything else. That's not how that should be done. Right. I mean, if someone goes, I never use UV lights for my tortoises. Yeah, that that's wrong. We can all agree that's wrong. So I don't know. It's 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 the the way arguments and what people want to argue over is so crazy. And uh 
The one coming here was at the risk of sounding like an old curmudgeon. It stems from social media and there being zero repercussions for your actions. That 100% sounds like your dad right there. It does sound like my dad. <laughs> well, but, but see, the, there's more to that, though, because on the reptile side of things, like like UV, right? Bunches and bunches and bunches of people, old school, quote unquote, keep monitors and have kept monitors successfully without UV. And now, you, they're idiots. You suck, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, no. They did it. That's a fact. That happened. Guys like Frank Reitz produced every monitor species in the genus that you could legally, sometimes not, get your hands on. So that happened. It's like, okay, well, nowadays, got to have full-spectrum lighting. We're keeping chameleons and uromastics and all these super cool things. And it's like, well... But that happened. How did it happen? It's like, oh, well, it turns out they're basically almost warm-blooded. They eat things that are gigantically full of calcium, and the way that we keep them, they can effectively process calcium without UV. Cool. Done. That's it. It's done. Like, it's it's just so strange to me. Like, I thought that was why you wanted to get into reptiles. Is because dogs and cats are harder to take care of. I don't want to do that. I want something that does that, but is cooler. Right. Now, now you can get a million things. Get a crested gecko. They don't need anything except baby yep. food. Rock out. One or, of my kids, one of my students was like, this looks like baby food. <laughs> I was like, what I'm well, saying, like, I, sort I, of. Thought, I thought that's why you, why did you pick this hobby if that's not, that's not why. Yeah. Like that's so weird. Like North American colubrids, why have they been popular forever? You can keep them under your bed and in the wintertime when they get cold, who cares? That that's why. Like well, that's like what what else would you do the, with the corn snake? Like that's why you got it. Well, you'll hear the UV argument on certain things like so like monitor. So Mike was in here, right? Mike doesn't use UV lights for all of his stuff. But yeah, Mike's what the hell does that guy know? <laughs> I mean, he is <laughs> successfully kept and bred more species than most people have seen and obviously the way he does it works so can you keep them with uv lights 100 can you keep them without 100 right which is awesome it's not a negative it's a huge positive (laughs) one of our listeners megan said my husband will care if i keep snakes under the bed Well, see, Amanda Reddy from Reddy's Rainforest said there's more than one way to raise a panther chameleon, but everyone wants to think their way is the only way, right? And it also she talked about earlier, a lot of uh, – and it's in the hobby. A lot of stuff stems from the first time someone heard information about a species or how to keep a species. That is the only thing they listen to from that point on, right? And so as far as panther chameleons go, a lot of us in the hobby for a while have always heard they're very hard to keep. Uh, they're very fragile. And they die easily. And then her argument is that they're, you know, she keeps captive bred ones. They're not. There's, there's the way they keep them, the way they educate people. They're not that bad. But yet that stigma kind of sticks with them that they're super well, hard to keep. Dude, look at. So that's one section of the hobby that they probably have their like she she's clearly outlining. They have their toxic Facebook groups or whatever that people mm-hmm. don't like. Right? Um, the Chameleon Academy. The, the people that do that, the, they have a whole podcast for that. Um, they are killing it. Like, it's it's just 
parameters based. Here are the things you need to provide. Go. Like, if you want to click on these different things over here, here are some configurations that provide that. But these are this is just what you need to provide. I, how you provide it is that's the fun. Like I, I like building cages and designing stuff. That's fun. And so it's that's your own puzzle. They like she's saying, the parameters are are what they are. And how you achieve them it nowadays, especially with all of our tech, is pretty simple. It takes some money investment, but it's not necessarily difficult. And dude, that's I just don't understand like it, there are certain sectors of the hobby, coincidentally, a bunch that you guys interview and that I interview and MPR interviews and THN. Like, there are people that are doing that. Oh, I want to keep your amastics. Uh, cool. Go talk to Phil. He'll tell you what the parameters are. I don't care how you achieve them. When you have them and you can point the little arrow and go 85 degrees, call Phil. <laughs> Get a lizard and stick it in that 85. You're done. Like it's <laughs> it it is way too easy to accomplish for us to be this toxic in our ways of accomplishing it. It just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and so I and so I'm torn on one thing. So I, I give a care sheet out with my animals when I sell an animal, sand boas, boas. But I I want to make sure they understand when I give them a care sheet. That is not the end all be all. That is so that when you get home and if you have some simple questions, here's the basics to set that up. But there's a wide world of how to set it up and how to do stuff and how to – there's no right. right one right way. And, and people have got to do that. They've got to quit. I've seen it at shows. And, again, I'm someone who keeps in racks. But if I'm selling a Sambo to a family with a little kid and a mom, and I'm, I'm not saying, all right, what you need to do is you need to go buy a rack, a, a tin-tub rack, and put it inside this little tub. That's not how I'm doing it. I, I'm, I'm telling look, here are the things you can do. And it's their job to go from there to set it up in whatever they want to set it up in. But I see so many times at a show that a breeder will tell someone, this is how you do it. This is exactly how you do it. And I'm like, well, that's, that's how you do it. You, you, you got to learn to, to not say things in definites because our hobby is a whole thing. I mean, the last 20 years of being in the hobby, there, a lot of things have changed. So the definites that were 20 years ago are not definites that. now. Teachers do that. Teachers do that shit all the time, and it drives me nuts. Speaking definites is the only way yes. this can happen. It is not. But what's that, what's that, that phrase the about easiest, the cat? That is the easiest way to teach something. Yeah. The easiest way is A B C D. That is the easiest way to teach. Step it's by step. It's also the direction. easiest way to stop people from being able to think and solve problems on their own. Yeah. So do you? So and which is cool because there's educators here. Um, if your class skips the critical thinking questions in the chapter on the book, right. they're probably dumber than they ought to be. Yeah. hundred percent. That that's the whole thing. It, everything that we're talking about is a critical thinking problem from the chameleon book, from the Euromastics book, from the monitor book, whatever. Because I read There's the chapter that said in Madagascar, it's this hot, this rain, this whatever. And then the critical thinking says, at your house in Texas, how do you do that? And then it turned around and was like, at my apartment in Pennsylvania, where there's one heater right over there, how do you accomplish that? It won't, it, it's a critical thinking puzzle. It, 
it isn't a step-by-step instruction. Yeah, and and that in the years of the as they have gone on, I have seen the critical thinking abilities diminish. Mm-hmm. And they like I had a kid at the beginning of the year last year. I handed him a paper, eight years old, and I was like, "Go ahead and put your name on it." He handed the reach like he was going to hand me the pencil. I said, oh, baby, is your pencil broken? There's a box over there. Go fix it. He goes, no, you need to put my name on my paper. I said, no, you need to put your own name on your paper. I've passed third grade. It's your turn. And I just kept on walking. Like, I just, oh. I was like, but do you know how simple it would have been for you to write the name down and keep going? Yeah. And it happens. And it does. So sure. I, I don't like he was shocked that I did not put his kids name on hate me because I don't give answers. Like they ask me a question for something on a worksheet. A lot of the stuff I give them is like self-guided trying to get them to and I go, what is the answer to this? I'm like, okay, go back and look at the picture. Mm-hmm. Go back and look at this. Go back. Try ask the person next to you. I mean, if I give you the answer, you don't learn anything. You write it down in that instant and then you're moving on. Mm-hmm. You never learned anything. Now I, I will say I'm very very guilty about texting in my group chat with James, Robert, and Megan. Hey, what's this? And sending them a picture. Oh, snake or a lizard. <laughs> because I know one of them will know the answer and they'll give it to me. And I just don't have the time to look it up for myself. I'm capable of doing it. I just well, in that moment that. choose you to work also, smarter, not harder. <laughs> you are also not in the phase of your life where you are learning the skills to acquire knowledge. Correct. Yes. You Correct. you went through the phase of your life where you learned the skills to acquire knowledge, and then you, and honestly, are now using them. Right. Because, like, and I, I make fun of my wife about this all the time. Like, Google it. You have all the knowledge of human history in your pocket. It makes me so mad. I tell my um, students, I'm like, I don't know that answer. Let's Google my, it later. My, my, or my dad's but, favorite thing is uh, GTS. GTS. Google, Google that, that shit. shit. Well, but here's the thing is it if you didn't learn all of these things early, because then then you're going to run into you're going to click the top thing on Google. Right. Which it turns out you can pay to be the top thing on Google. Kids it'll be all the time. But I'm saying it'll be right or wrong. Mm-hmm. A lot of times now it's a trope and it's funny. And we know as adults that it's wrong because we know about Google AdWords and we know you can pay, and on and on and on. Because we learned how to develop our ability to find information and the veracity of that information. Yes, you, you have to click you, on like six links and see what the common denominator is. <laughs> but for you, the, your example you just gave, you know where to find information and you know the veracity of that information. Because with most of our nerd friend circles, I can literally text or Facebook message or Instagram message experts, actual trained, educated experts. Yes. In in a lot of weird stuff because of my friend circles. Yes. And so and it's I, like if you have a natural history ID, why would you not text experts? You mm-hmm. are not incapable of looking in a field guide or whatever, but you also know that. Right. And it's it's now, just a difference in inability i suppose well googling and, and asking a person what that is, is the same also it's the same thing you you could go to google and search for it it's the same as sending that picture to me robert and megan 
Well, and, and it's not like, so like I have a lot of family and friends that are nurses and I know it aggravates the shit out of them when people are like, Hey, my ears are stopped up. What should I do? Or, um, you know, like I, it's not the petty easy shit, like that kind of stuff I can figure out on my own or I can Google it and I'm not going to reach out to, you know, or you can go see a doctor and do like, you're supposed yeah, to. like, I, you know, I'm just, I don't know. So don't abuse the system, people. So go through a couple of comments here. The Herb Culture Network said it's a particular mix of both guardrails and and margins for learning error. Uh, yeah. So like again, on a on a care sheet, right? Those those are to help give you a range. I, it drives me nuts when I see someone, and, and I should say nuts. I, I don't I don't yell at the person, but when they when they freak out because the care sheet said that their ball python needs to be kept at eighty eight degrees, and they go. My cage is 87 degrees. I can't figure out how to, how to fix it. <laughs> it's fine. You're good. It's, it's one degree. You're, you're fine. But they'll freak out because they can't get it at that one. Or uh, I can't get my humidity to 60%. It only gets up to 55%. You're good. That's fine. But they get in their mind that there's only one. Like They've got to get it exactly a certain way and don't understand that. Look, go, go read several care sheets and you'll see. They give it to you in a range. Temperatures come in a range for a reason. Humidities tend to come in a range for a reason. Uh, there's several different types of bedding for a reason, right? So it's, it, it's I don't know, it's, it's a weird world. Uh, going through some of these other ones, uh, Amanda Reddy said, uh, technically, she's talking about the uh, Panther Millions again, has gotten better as in UVB and supplements, so we can change how we raise them. Uh, the goal is for thriving and not surviving. Uh, there's a Big difference, especially for reptiles, between thriving and surviving. Um, we, we've seen it. And I know you've seen it because you've seen rescues and all. Uh, a lot of reptiles can survive a lot of stuff uh, yeah. and not particularly thrive. Oh, absolutely. Um, they, they unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately for them are many of them are tough animals uh, until until they can't. Um, uh, oh, my dad here said uh, critical thinking has diminished because kids are hand fed. Did we talk about that? Yeah, you got to participation trophies. Yeah, you've got to teach kids to to solve something on their own. You just you can't. You just got to. Um, they need to be winners. <laughs> they need to be losers. It is, and they need to understand that winners get sprinkles. <laughs> also, need to understand it's okay to be wrong, and it's okay to lose. And it's okay to lose. You don't have to like it. No, and the that next means time, you have to do better next time. The next time, don't be wrong and so, don't lose. So our daughter came I, – we we rotate who picks her up from school. She's in sixth grade. She's in advanced classes. So a lot of the classes she's taking are like eighth grade classes. And she got in the car the other day and she was visibly upset. And I was like, what is wrong with you today? She was like, I don't want to talk to daddy when I get home. And I was like, oh, this is grade related. I was like, okay. I was like, what happened? She was like, I got a grade back. I don't think it's going in the grade book, but I'm very unhappy. I said, well, why are you unhappy? Well, it's in science. And I was like, oh, this is why we don't want to talk to daddy. <laughs> so she goes on and and they basically had stations around the room that were timed. She doesn't do well with timed activities because she second guesses herself and met, makes a lot of error, which is what happened. She ended up scoring a 50 on this activity. I said, well, Joe, are you, are you upset that you scored a 50? She goes, no, I'm upset because people that are not as smart as I am did better than I did on this activity. And I was like, okay, let's not say that out loud around our friends because that sounds very pretentious. I was like, but what can we do next time to be better? <laughs> 
But I was like, you know, she's 11 and she's already figured this out. So I'm like, yes, we're so, doing a good job. Self-realization is important. <laughs> yeah, we we ran into the exact same thing and actually also in science and had the exact same <laughs> type of conversation. Of, I how could I can my middle daughter uh, does straight A's except PE does not enjoy that um, and then didn't get a great grade in science. And it was a, a project and some other things and she's very upset. Just sat and talked to the teacher. Said, hey, what's going down? They explained it. You know, and it was very, um, yeah, it was, we had to have the same discussion of don't, don't tell your teacher that dumb people are doing better than you. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but it, to me, so my thing was, especially with kids that are, that fall into kind of how that was for, for Indy. Um, I was like, Hey man, they did better in, in a couple of these things in spatial awareness or speed. They're, they're faster than you. They did it, you know, for your, your uh, example, maybe they did mm-hmm. a, a thing faster. They weren't necessarily smarter, just acted whatever. Right. Um, I, my argument was always like, hey, they whipped your ass in PE class though. Like, everybody's good at something <laughs> like that's, yep. you know, but um, no, there definitely is like that, that self-awareness part, you know, that it is useful for, especially like a kid, you know, her age to realize you're, you're really smart. Like you, you have high expectations now because we know you're smart. And and I told my kids, my kids hate it. That's and because they're a little bit older now. Um, I've told them this all the same thing. Like you better come home with straight A's and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, your, your dad's really strict and da da da. And it's like, no, I'm really not. If you were dumb and it was hard for you to get straight A's and you, and I sat here at the kitchen table and you did your homework and you did everything you were supposed to do and you got a B. Cool. I, I'm in. So it, like, took that's me, fine. it took me but 20 years. It took me 20 years of my life to understand that was how my dad, my dad felt because I would bring home a paper. It could be like a 94 and he'd be like, where are the other six points? Yeah, I do it all the time. What happened here? And I was like, like, I would feel like furious because he never did it to the boys. But the moment you accept a C, right? Then they're going to bring home Fs, right? If you lower the bar. In college, I did that to myself. I'm like this, this old man, this is what he did to me. Like I have like a complex now, but it's because I know I'm capable of that. And I know I need to push myself to get it. And I really am the better person for it. My thing is that to prevent a college breakdown, (laughs) (laughs) it it verbalized that explain like that was my big thing for the kids and, or still is for the kids. They're still kids. Um, and it, it sucks because I don't always treat them like kids because they're smart yeah. is, is, you know, yeah, like my oldest got into it with mom and dad. She's a teenager, whatever, fine. And there were a few times where we had, well, you know, I'm, I'm obviously I'm going to graduate high school. And I was like, yeah, you're supposed to that. Don't <laughs> you, like, don't, you don't get a fucking party. Get yeah. out of here. What do you say? You're supposed to. And yeah. And it, and the look on her face was like, what? I was like, dude, you're not dumb. 
Like yeah. if, if this were hard for you and you needed help, I will help you. All the things that you need help in, I help you with. And they're not school. Right. And then you come home. It's, it's, it's 95 and above every day. You come home on Thursday and it's 74. All right. Did something bad happen? Do you need help? Or yeah. we're playing on your stupid phone. Because yes! you're, you're, you're a oh kid. Oh, my God. But, but <laughs> my, my thing is, you're a kid. That's fine. You're going to do that and screw up and whatever. And I'm the dude that's going to be like, hey, quit doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it's both, right? Like if – and that's like I give India a heart. I, I make fun of India about the PE class thing now as her dad because – she went from middle school being on the track team to high school. I don't, I can't participate in PE. What? All right. Well, that's not true because you're an athlete and you just don't want to like, so yeah. now, it's a whole having the, like when, when she said that, like, Hey, don't say in front of your friends that you're smarter than them. Like having that self-awareness though, lets you have that conversation of, mm-hmm. Hey man, you're right. You're really smart. And so when you bring home some nonsense, I'm going to ask, are you, bringing home, are you bringing home nonsense? Cause it turns out calculus is hard or are you bringing home nonsense because you're screwing around, yes. <laughs> you know, like it, yes. it changes the conversation. It does. Well, and like, I, I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't even fuss about the grade because she had been so hard on herself by the time she got to me. I was like, let's stop at Starbucks on the way home. <laughs> so we got one comment read. What? on our post we've only gotten one comment oh jesus yeah we're 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 neck deep in the not answering the, the question we're just, we okay. are in a great let, let me get to some more of these and and we will yes sprinkle read, back into some, some of the stuff that we've talked about Hilarious. but yes. uh our buddies over at Big Tech, uh said 100 without a doubt the legislation in florida uh, that was their, their biggest concern don't uh, listen to that VivTech knows nothing does ryan know no they're ridiculous but uh Ryan. The, the problem the problem with florida is i <laughs> as i feel a lot of the reptile regulation in florida is just a testing ground for the rest of the country i love how you said the problem with florida like there's <laughs> only one yeah the problem <laughs> the, well no and that's that's i i assume ryan wrote that um that especially if you talk to him he does a lot of usr pjack work a lot of different things in, in board room level type of things and when you look at and it's a little bit strange to me that most reptile keepers, I guess maybe of a certain age, don't understand what Ryan and people like Ryan are saying in those contexts of it is. It's, it's, a, it's a political test bed to figure out what is acceptable. Like you, you can look at how our country progresses. Like well, look at the tegu bands that have started to pop up in states around there. But I'm saying just in the context of regular politics, like why does everybody care about Iowa and Wisconsin and these places if you don't live there? Oh, well, you care because they're test beds for presidential elections and blah, blah, blah. Or how did marijuana get legalized? And it's like, well, one or two states did it. And then then they had a framework and yada, yada. Or conversely, now you're looking at super hot button topics like Roe v. Wade. And you see in American politics, there are people very upset about a lot of those things. They're very controversial. And it's like, well, how does that happen? 
And it's like, well, there's a framework. And then if, if you have a framework and I can literally copy your homework because we never learned critical thinking in class and now we got elected to be congressmen, we just copy each other's homework. <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't matter what hot button topic you're talking about. It doesn't matter if you're talking about how to pay for your highway. It can be dumb things. It's the government. There's a form for that. And then we just yes. copy them all. Like that's you get road signs from the road sign guy with the road sign for like dumb things. We well, just copy if that, if that law passed. Well, if that law passed in Florida, uh, obviously it's working, and they did their research sure. correctly. So we can use it here because yeah, and it's people strongly this. And I know this is super nerdy, and I'm sorry, but people in this country, for whatever reason, strongly discount constitutionality and, and, and things like that and the a judge or court's interpretation of the constitution and and how laws are based on that and the reason that stuff like that scares us arc and pjack and ryan and folks like that is because if if florida passes a law and it goes through this process this vetting process it's enacted by their uh, state legislature congress whatever their state calls it and then it's appealed or sued or whatever, and it survives their court system. Other states can look at that and say, that is constitutional based on their state's constitution. And if it didn't go federal and get overturned by our actual United States constitution, then most likely our state will have the same result, assuming that our constitutions are pretty close. Like that's why weed took forever. Not all state constitutions are the same. So some would pass and some wouldn't or whatever. But it's a framework where if it makes sense for your state and our state's kind of jive, probably makes sense for our state. If yeah. you didn't get your ass kicked federally, I won't get my ass kicked federally. Cool. If you did, now I know. And it it really is just a framework. And that honestly should really, that that is a real concern that really should bother people. It, people just really aren't that educated on that kind of stuff well, I, my, in any context, not just reptiles. Well, my dad Absolutely. said it's not that they think it's working. It's that they got away with it and other states will now do it. It's, <laughs> it's a way of being more controlling, being able to take back more control and, and kind of get what you want. Um, well, but see, that's the thing is that that is a and – and I'm not trying to sound rude when I say this. Go for that it. Is a, that is a citizen's interpretation. They got away with it. Yeah. No, they didn't. You elected them and they wrote a law and it passed the constitutionality test of their state. And if it passes muster for their state's legislature in the constitutionality format that, that you voted on, then they didn't get away with it. They're playing within the rules that you gave them. And they're winning. It's it's just a it's a. It's a perspective thing, I guess, is it, 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 it's, we feel like we're being wronged because I personally think that we are, but so now I think, oh, you're, you're pulling one over on us, you, you asshole or whatever. And it's like, well, well, no, they didn't, it's not a scam. They didn't cheat or break the, or whatever. It went through the process we all agreed on. It just turns out that they don't agree with us. Right. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Yes. That was super nerdy. Sorry. No. All right. Let's, let me try to get some more of these. Uh, Rob Williams from R&R. 
dragons. dragons. I knew, I knew uh, it all boils down to the people being the problem, the people trying to stop us from keeping what we, uh, we want, other people not being responsible owners, which is a big issue, which comes up again and again, and people who just don't care, which I think kind of goes hand in hand there. Uh, Jack Ottawa says uh, the biggest issue would be ourselves for multiple reasons. Too many people are apathetic to the attempts at legislation, which leads to a lot of the issues. Uh, people, again, not thinking it matters to vote or do this. And then it matters when down the road, a law gets passed by someone that you thought it didn't matter if you voted for him or not. Um, that is an issue. Too many people post stupid stuff online, like live feeding and bites. And those videos fucking live forever. If I see that goddamn video of the woman reaching for the retic coming out of its tank one more time, I swear to God, they don't, those videos don't die. They, once they're out there, they just get, it's a cycle and they'll be pop up every three or four months. And then everybody's like, look at this video. I'm like, we've all seen it. <laughs> and uh, keep reading right after I say this. If you're going to look at the TikTok thing, they're in a couple of days. Cause I have to uh, maybe go home for the holidays. Uh, there will be another video that is a rebuttal to a second social media influencer throwing a rabbit at a retic in his uh, very fancy zoo that YouTube paid for. And I'm going to make fun of him in another TikTok. So continue reading. Man, I don't know who you're talking about there. Uh, and too many of these groups just bash on new keepers or anyone with different views, which that happens to. I mean, that, but that's happened. That's happened forever. And I think that happens honestly in every hobby, right? I, I, I don't know that for a fact, but I think a lot of hobbies, if people, <laughs> People get into a hobby and they're into it for a while. They forget what it was like to be the new person in the hobby and not know a damn thing. And so, yes, they, they start to jump down someone's throat when they ask the simple, basic questions. Now, with that said, we go back to people not wanting to find out information for themselves and not willing to do the work. A lot of the shit that gets asked for first time people can be Googled and is probably in that group. And it's probably three posts down from where that person just posed the question what betting do you use for whatever, 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 right? So there is some frustration in the just do the legwork. Like I, we will help you, but please come to us with with evidence that you at least tried to figure it out first. Um, so I think that is that. Can I you. can I rebut yeah. that a little bit? Go ahead. Answer them or keep scrolling. Yeah. Just cypress mulch. VivTech UV. <laughs> Blue ball filters, Zilla tanks. Keep them moving. Just shut up. If you can't type fast, don't answer. Keep going. I saw. What, uh, I don't. Uh, why do you? Why? Why do you care? So you you you're investing far too much into a fa freaking noobs and duh, like answer them or keep scrolling. Who cares? Like just scroll for the pictures that you want to see or the people that you want to hear talk and click on that. That's I, I don't get it. I saw a thing once. It was a, a person, I think, on Reddit. Whenever she had a question about something, she'd go on Reddit and post her question and then log in with a separate account and incorrectly answer that question because that's the best way to get people to answer. No one wants to answer a question, but they always want to correct somebody. Yes. She would end up get, she would yep. get the correct answers from people coming in to correct her, her yeah. wrong answer. So, so Sam, Sam in the – sorry, that's why I keep yeah. – you can see my finger. I keep clicking – um, Sam in the comments, um, uh, you're welcome for me biting my tongue and not arguing oh, further. On the dude, 
type away. I'll, I'll answer you. Don't worry. And then, um, <laughs> da, 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 where he, I saw another thing. Um, something about, I would have kicked your ass at recess. I'm oh, a yeah. nerd. Oh, and, yeah. I'm, I'm a nerd and I like to fight at recess. So comment away, man. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. We have, some of us have more hobbies, so fire away. Oh, no, my, my, my he is dad right, will. Though. They, they care and they want, they can't just answer and keep scroll or keep scrolling because sure. they need to feel superior. <laughs> he said, Bill tell that because he wants to feel superior. <laughs> Oh, uh, he's, 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 (laughs) yeah. uh, No. So, but, but that's my thing is then maybe your hobby isn't reptiles. Maybe your hobby is commenting on Facebook. That is true for a lot of folks. They, uh, well, and and you see that a lot with the folks that have had a a corn snake for a month. Right. And then they get into the corn snake Facebook group and they have to answer every post about questions about how to take care of a corn snake. Right. They're like, I've got a corn snake. Now I'm an expert. No, you're a beginner. I also feel that with social media and Facebook specifically, it allows people who are not sociable to be much more involved, which is not necessarily a good thing because these are people that would never say this. Because they don't have the skills. They don't have the proper skills for handling that situation. Which is why it comes across the way it does online. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Going through some of these other ones, uh, Todd Autry said social media, which we've kind of hit on a lot. Uh, that is that is a big <laughs> one. Uh, Kelly Miller said legislation, irresponsible keepers. I'll, we'll touch back on the irresponsible keepers up in a minute. Uh, toxic behavior again. Uh, Raven Roberts said I'd have to, I'd have to negative social media. Con- Anyways, social media uh, legislation. Uh, this one's people who release reptiles into the wild, causing more issues. Yes, but I think a lot of that also uh, like. I hate when people that are non reptile people want to use the Burmese thing as a. I feel like that's really rare now. We have the berms as one hot button topic, but like the. That seems very old. Like a a very old way of thinking, I guess. That I I just don't see. Like the. I, I hope, I don't know, I feel that like the general level of intellect in the world is like you don't do that like it's just some stuff you just don't do that anymore that's to me that seems like one of those things that like i think people keep them really badly and like inadvertently kill them and they do a lot of things i don't like but it i just don't run across very many people anymore that have that mentality of like i could just let it go See, I, I think that may come from your circle of people, though. Because I hundred percent, it's your circle fair. of people. I, I, I mean, because that's look, in our neighborhood pond. I watched people come and release two ducks that they one hundred percent raised from ducklings. They, they obviously white. couldn't keep anymore and just throw them on our pond. I'm like, please don't release your birds, especially when we have bird flu going on, into the wild. Like that's I understand. Or you like you'll see people like wow. buy turtles and release some more, uh, like. We talk right, about maybe I'm dumb. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it has wishful to be with thinking, the circle. I guess. I don't know. Yes. I think it's the circle that you're around. And I I think you're, that with yes. us that's a bias, I suppose. I think what I think with us being teachers, 
I think we're also exposed to more oh, of the I, I uneducated side of things. Have kids that will tell me they they have just released this or released oh, that because yeah. they didn't want it anymore. Oh yeah, my or kids like, tell me we had the uh, story I with the toad. We had the story with the carpet python in Houston that went kind of somewhat national in places, and everybody freaked out about the carpet python that was loose and whether right. it was a released pet or escaped pet. That right there spread, and you saw articles like 10, 15 foot python loose in Houston. No, it's a six foot carpet python. But the funny thing about that is that's one carpet python that most likely right now when it's 30 degrees outside is going to probably die over the winter. But one carpet python was released. No one freaks out about the 10,000 dogs that get loose or released or just dropped off or all the 10,000 cats, which which would do the same thing. Like everybody's afraid of that one carpet python of killing somebody. Well, so will the dog that someone just let loose like that could do the same same outcome but right. no one thinks about it that way right and so there's no legislation that comes down cracking on people owning dogs because people are releasing dogs but with that snake when they got released everything got brought up about the snakes in in florida and i'm always like yeah but that's not released pets that's not how that works an entire population doesn't tend to start saying it won't but doesn't tend to bloom like that from a few random released pets here or there there has right. to be a mass release of something to get a population growth like that which we know happened in 1992 or whatever, when Andrew came through. Right. Well, and there are a lot of other really weird things in regards to Florida. Their politics are very, very particular to their part of the country, their industry. They have a lot of their own weird stuff, man. Like there's, there's pictures from the 1800s with iguanas in them. And like, there's a lot of goofy stuff about that state that, because our political stuff happens on TV now and on Facebook that it's super easy to just like really blow that out yeah. when it turns out it's a really local thing to like these three counties in Florida and maybe they got some weird political stuff going on and maybe their state organizations are a little sketchy or like there's a lot of their own stuff going on there. Right. That, I'm not from there. It doesn't impact me. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're talking about berms in Illinois. Like, what are, what are you talking about? Like we uh, still have legacy corruption from Al Capone. We have our own crap to deal with. Like what? It's weird. <laughs> uh, I just Chuck Pole and said weird Florida, like Phil Wolf. <laughs> uh, Jessica Ward said, Bill Strand, that's a good podcast. Bill Strand did a very good job explaining how the reptile community needs more compassion for new people in recent podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. That's that community and, and academy look, that I spoke about. Very and good. I, I, well, I understand that it's weird for me saying that's true as someone who often lacks compassion for people. Oh, my God. Uh, yes. But at the same time, I also have the, uh, the brain capacity to understand when it's needed. And when I can call someone a dumbass. You can be a wonderful person. Not that anyone would probably believe me. Darren Watson said, did you see minks were let loose from a farm in Ohio? Oh, my gosh. I did not. That was an animal rights uh, issue and had a very, very negative outcome. A lot of them died. It was really wonderful. Bad. Yeah, that, that uh, particular one was that was an animal rights issue that that was that was really bad. Speaking of animal rights, uh, Aaron King's on this list said uh, animal rights activists uh, was their biggest concern to long longevity of the hobby. And I would argue, I'm not arguing against, I mean, I, yes, I fucking hate PETA and they're a terrorist organization. But 
we give them plenty of ammo as a hobby. Maybe not yes. myself and not Bill and not the people that are in this chat, but as a hobby, that fucking retake video that we talked about, right? Yes. There's a reason that gets played over and over again because that's going to draw people's attention into look how horrible these are as pets. And so when someone posts that video with their small child next to a Burmese python, people go, you're a horrible parent and someone should call Child Protective Services. They shouldn't be around that snake. That snake could kill your kid. Calm down. We had so many people when I was pregnant with Joe. I mean, and this, she's 11 now, but we had so many people. So how much are you selling some of your snakes for? Like, when are they all going to be out of the house? And I'm like, why would they be out of the house? They're like, well, you're fixing to bring a baby home. Yeah. That baby's going to grow up with snakes. And, and you know, it's people freak out about that because they don't, they don't see enough of those good stories of kids that like when we had the reptile day here and kids getting to see snakes and hold snakes and, and they're not a horrible beast that's trying to eat the child and lay next to them in bed and measure them to see if they can swallow them and all the stupid stuff that gets spread on the internet. But one video of a woman getting bit by a retic that every reptile person watching that goes, that retic's about to bite that woman. Like we all watched that video going. Knowing, knowing that, what's coming. That retic's coming out of that cage, Jeez. not looking to cuddle. That thing is coming out looking for food. But the normal person sees that and thinks that's the normal behavior of all snakes. And that's what gets spread. So that's true. We, we give plenty of ammo to people like HSUS and PETA. Um, unfortunately. Well, my thing is on the the educational side of stuff is that and I've been really happy to see that the people the vast majority of people that go to our shows or we go to their library or their school or whatever and you can morally and ethically feel about it however you choose point to that woman and go what an idiot they don't know about reptiles, but they're not in her pediculture. They, it's not their jam. They just paid me to come to a birthday party or follow my Facebook thing or my wife went to their school or whatever. But they're at least baseline educated enough now to know that I was dumb. Yeah. And it, and it turns out there are consequences when you make stupid choices and that <laughs> you suffered them done play stupid games get stupid rewards but it's i we just we just need the majority of people to assign and this sounds awful but assign the blame accurately like the blame in that situation is assigned to the human being period and that that sucks yes it does that's that's sad that's unfortunate (laughs) well but it is you know, and it, I don't know. I, I'm, you're right when you said earlier about friend circle and, and the bias and echo chamber thing a little bit, but like just modifying my circle, like that, it, it, your, your, your influence or whatever the hell we want to talk about for social media and, and doesn't have to be big, just has to be effective. Mm-hmm. It basically anybody that knows me personally saw that video and was like, what an idiot. You ever seen Bill's stuff? Things are gigantic. <laughs> they sit on people. Never been anybody. It's, it's, I didn't tell them to say that. I didn't tell them that that was a dumb thing to do. I didn't tell them, oh, this is the hunting method of a reticulated python and head pointing and stri- blah, all my nerdery that I can spew. I didn't do any of that. 
just a positive example. And they were like, look at that. That's terrible. I know the good thing done that like it, this isn't hard. Why is it so difficult? Yeah. And, and so you do those outreach and now they've got a picture with their kid with a snake and they go, look, the, obviously snakes aren't bad. Susie's holding the snake and it's not trying to eat her. This one video on the internet is not the end all be all experience right. with snakes. But what's funny is, and I go back to dogs and cats. And I know as a culture, we are groomed in general to, to find dogs and cats adorable and to find them loving and be part of our family and they can do no wrong. But a dog bites somebody. You'll see people come out of the woodwork to defend the dog in that case right. of, of biting somebody. The dog didn't do it. Yeah. Snake bites somebody. Snake evil. That's what they do. They are they are killing machines. Yeah. Right. Not did the person do something wrong? Was it a bad situation? Like never is it the the person's fault in that situation. So you want to have a really controversial podcast for a second, but not really, if you think <laughs> about it. Okay. So here's my uh, going down a deep rabbit hole thought on that. It's very stereotypical and it's very culturally divisive in our country. The dogs that bite people are owned by poor people. They are owned by the idiots on television. They are owned by certain cultures of people that happen to like pit bulls more and maybe they're popular in their culture. And it's really easy in our country to point to them and go, well, they're poor and stupid and make bad decisions. And then their dogs bite people. They're, it's very easy to say that that person, it's, it's easy to denigrate that person and be like, it's not that dog's fault because deep down, I don't like you. It must be you. Yeah. The, in my opinion, which will be awesome to see how this gets flamed out. Um, <laughs> that's what's happening. That is what I think. And the reason that that's hard to do in reptiles is turns out a bunch of us have money and have kids and are educated and have nice jobs. And are those smart people that you're talking about? Well, yeah. And look and like, so, and so you we, think, and we look like you and we vote like you and we do the things that you do. And then you find out we have snakes at home and then something weird happens on the internet, but you inherently trust me because I have blue eyes and I protect you. So it, it can't be that I'm stupid. I'm like you. It must be that freaking snake. That's some weird shit. It, that is again, very much my opinion. It's a very so American, it's a very American thing. So do when you, you think, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, no, uh, well, <laughs> one second. I, one, little, one part. Go, Bill. Go. <laughs> I'll mute her microphone. Go. No. The and and I I think that you can look at her pediculture and look at why why are we why do we so enjoy European and and sometimes Asian but Asian it's more on the aquaculture side. Um, we're so fascinated with them and. There, to me, there's a part of it is it's really accepted there because all of the things that we like, it's super professionally done. It's super clean. It turns out if you travel the world, uh, a lot of the world is really homogenous. 
aren't a whole lot of melting pots around the world. That's probably why it's really important that this place is a melting pot and people talk about it so often. So when you go to those places and you go to Denmark and you see a dude who has a baller set up for Euromastics and lizards, his neighbors don't think he's weird. Because in pretty much every other way on the planet, he's just like his neighbors. Then he has a hobby. When you go to Asia, turns out it's very homogenous. This person's very successful. And they also have an assortment of beautiful fish tanks. And then you come here and we're pretty divided and pretty different. And it's pretty easy to find those differences and smash on those people. And it turns out stereotypes exist for a reason because there's usually a grain of truth to them. And then we pervert them in some way, but there is some truth somewhere. That's why they persist. So they're easy to use as ammo. The reason the reptile gets blamed, in my opinion, is because we don't fit the rest of those stereotypes. I agree when Ron St. Pierre says that reptiles have always been a counterculture. And they have. Yes. Currently, it takes money if you want to be different. You have to be so you have to be a certain socioeconomic status to be able to make the choice that I don't want a cat, I want a lizard, I want a snake, I want a whatever. If if you don't have the means to have a cat, you ain't got a snake either. There's a certain level of you gotta reach. This is all I, luxury. I don't yes. And and so no. it's, I it, I, I think I, it takes money to reach a certain uh, level. Yeah. Agreed, but I'm just saying, and again, if you are of a certain socioeconomic status and made a poor choice to get a snake when you probably couldn't have afforded one, you are looked down upon in the same way as when you got a dog and probably couldn't afford one. Then you let it loose. Well, now you're poor and stupid and made bad choices and et cetera, et cetera. And our country is very divided in that way. And it starts to play out in really weird ways. And I think one of the ways it's playing out in reptiles is we blame the animals because it's hard to blame the people. Cause it turns out the people are a lot like us. Whereas when you're looking at other pets, the people that you want to blame for those bad decisions are different from you. So it's easier to blame those people. When I think certain dogs, uh, only go back to socioeconomic, certain dogs, in certain situations are easier forgiven because if they bite somebody, because, that dog is owned by someone who looks more like them. I mean, they go, oh, yeah, that was a bad day. Or or so that, that dog does not get treated the same way. Because, look, pit bulls bite. I, I know it. I know that happens. I mean, it happens all the time. But we own pit bulls. They're great. But there are a lot of other dogs that do bite. But they don't tend to be owned in those circles. Like Yorkies. Well, they don't tend to do the damage. Chihuahuas. Well, and, <clears throat> the again, there is especially with pit bulls and dogs like that. And my favorite dog in the world is a, a Belgian Malinois and they're uh, incredibly hard buyers. But um, again, when you see culturally in this country, why do you feel the need to defend pit bulls so badly? It's like, well, because it feels like they're actually attacking you. They're attacking your cultural choices and your life choices. And that has manifested itself in your dog. And so that I don't like your dog. What that means is they don't like you and the choices you made to become that. And yeah. it's, it's just an easier thing. It's easier to look down on those people and be like, idiot, you didn't have any money. You made bad choices, bought that stupid dog. Of course it got out. You, you can't even keep a job. You can't blah, 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 all these bad things. So I can blame that it's you. And then when I look at that and it's like, well, you, you, you could afford a warehouse 
full of retics and then it crushed somebody that's uh, that's incredibly dangerous you're you're a wealthy business person you you have a you have a social media presence a billion people follow you on and on and on king cobras must be just the most dangerous thing on the planet i can't imagine how else it could happen you're a rock star they're great you don't ever look down on those well I think you're right, though. I, and I think I think the reason that I have always been so passionate because some of my the best dogs I've ever owned were sorry, Megan, pit bulls. <laughs> I know <laughs> this is like her topic, but you know I feel that way about certain reptiles as well. I feel like a lot of times people blame the animal. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be the people raising the animals. Well, that's yeah. what we're talking about here. Yeah. I, exactly. But I mean, your dad actually said this earlier, and you bring this up all the time about the doom rolls. Oh. Because you you guys had doom rolls that were supposedly like well, one was evil. The best thing ever. And <laughs> one spawn was, of Satan. One was fucking know? evil and one never ate. Yeah. But now, like you see people like, it's an eight hundred dollar snake, and they're wonderful and they're great. And they are. But I had a but bad experience. You had a bad experience. I had a bad experience. Yeah. And that happens a lot too with all these animals. Well, you can't discount personality. Exactly. And, and the, you because my thing is, with, especially with that, ball pythons and hog nose have proved that some of those traits, which does kind of make sense in animals that are a little more instinct driven, ambush predators, so on and so forth, like snakes, mm-hmm. are hereditary. We took a, a toad-eating Midwestern little thing and made it so that it takes pinkies, breeds prolifically, so on and so forth. We took a thing that came out of Africa and we struggled with and had weird eating habits and an odd uh, weather calendar because of where they came from. And now we can pump them out year round. Like some of those things are hereditary. And when you hear Eric Burke talk about it, oh, we lose species out of the hobby. Why has this species gone away? Because they suck. They're mean. They're aggressive. They're like, but that's the thing. Like, if you're cool with that, like something Dumarils, that's a great example. I have a male Dumarils. If he is buried, I'm sorry, you have a male what? Dumarils. (laughs) My my southern kicked in. (laughs) If he's buried with his snout out, blending in like the forest floor of madagascar that his back is purpose-built designed to do don't open that cage (laughs) you put your hand in there you're gonna get smoked yeah (laughs) if he's if he's on the surface behind the leaves you know moving in the log doing whatever snaky thing he's doing and you hook him out and he doesn't give a crap yeah like because he's he's built to do a thing right my yellow anaconda I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He doesn't ride a hook. He doesn't like monkeys. And you look like a monkey, and you're about to get it. He's yep. never calmed down. The only time he's calm is when he's in the water because he thinks you can't see him. He is just That's an, hilarious. <laughs> he's an uber defensive snake that hides in the water. Yeah. So it tur- it turns out we don't hold that one. Okay, yeah. like the the idea that we don't influence those things is silly, but at the same time, for us not to make decisions based on those things is also silly. 
like if you if you like to hold Amazon tree boas, you better have thick skin. Just no just how it is. If you get lucky and yours doesn't smoke you every time, it's probably a crappy eater. And it probably was difficult to get started. Like everybody yeah. loves king snakes because they eat. You know what else they do? Eat your thumbs and your fingers yeah. and each other and their own tails. And <laughs> they're insane. But what the so why are they prolific pets? Because when you're eight years old and you put food in there, it eats it. So they survive, which means they can make more. That's yep. it. That those things have to matter in your decision making. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, no, but it, it's along the very similar lines of, you know, the, the strong survive situation. Because James has always been a firm believer. I'm not going to force well, I don't force feed a damn thing. Because if it's not eating on its own, then when I sell it, it's not going to be eating on its, it's own. Like, it's not, I, yeah. I, I, like, look, I think certain things are, I don't have any scientific proof behind this. So if you may want to attack me for this, have at it. But I think certain things are genetic. And I think a bad eater, I think yeah. there's a reason ball pythons for so long were a pain in the ass to feed, right? But then now they eat pretty well because what happened to all the ones that were hard to feed? They died. fucking died. Mm -hmm. The ones that ate pretty well, they survived and we kept reproducing those. Yeah. So why would I waste time on an animal that doesn't want to eat on its own and is not going? And look, I'm sure there are many things I could do to make that animal eat that would be above and beyond or be more natural to where it's from. But I know that if I sell a sambo, it's not going into that kind of household most likely. Yeah. So why would I sell yeah. a snake to somebody that has to have the special care that's probably not going to get and probably would end up dying? So there's a reason I own domestication. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason I own king snakes. Your dad's I gotta get Darwin, rid of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've I've got to get rid of babies that don't want to eat, and if they don't want to eat, they're they're gonna go play with the the king snake. That's just what's gonna happen. <laughs> so. But that's that that's literally domestication. Like, yeah. there's one of my favorite animals from history is the oryx. It's an eight foot cow relative that altered the landscape of Europe. And Europe was forever changed when they got rid of it. Uh, they're crazy and they hate people and they just never calm down. And so when you had the cows from the Scottish Highlands and you had the dairy cows and all the things that you see that coincidentally are named for places in England, weird. Yeah. Uh, the people that lived there and brought all that crap with them when they came with the Romans didn't bring the insane ones that tried to kill them. They killed them and ate them and they brought the ones that were cool and would just walk along with them eating grass. Duh. What are, what are you talking? Like, how is that a difficult concept? Like that? I don't get it. I, I don't know. I'm no help in this argument. <laughs> so it's on a few more of these uh, responses. We had a lot. Oh my gosh, we're still not done. Yeah, no. <laughs> Drewshell said, uh, social media influencers who make the average keeper feel like they need to own the big ticket animals they see on YouTube. Yes. No, not everyone needs to have or should have a retic, a croc monitor, or a king cobra. Yes. And even the more generic pet YouTubers create a really unhealthy model for up and coming people to follow. Uh, but I want it. Well, a lot of these YouTubers just to make content will go buy an animal. Oh, right? yeah. That was the thing over. And so we were like, I need that. Well, I need that one too. I need that one too. And that feeds into that, that, that thing that does tend to happen with a lot of reptile people where they do kind of do that Noah's Ark thing. They just like, let's get one or two of everything. 
right. um, until until they really settle into the hobby and they realize, okay, well, I don't like all of these and I don't like all of those, but I really do like this, and I'll focus in this area. Um, but yeah, the that's look, there are two dumbasses. Well, there's a lot of dumbasses in Florida, but there's two dumbasses in YouTube in Florida that will have free handle King Cobras, and, and I know the majority of people listening to this podcast uh think like us and and that's again it, it is what it is but they agree that you probably shouldn't free handle cobras on youtube look if you want to free handle a cobra again you can feel and do things you want to do but free handle that cobra in a closed room let it bite you and let no one ever find out you died from it right like that's don't do it on a video mm-hmm. on the internet where everyone's going to see it and they're going to assume well everyone that owns snakes would do this and this is bad he got bit so no one should own snakes no he's an outlier he's a, he's a moron he's an outlier he's not us and so that's where the division has to happen but if you comment on a video about how even if it's a responsible comment like a, a reasonable comment of, look this is not safe this is not something people should do because i've done that on videos for those morons because they get posted into a lot of the general facebook groups you'll have people come out of the woodworks who know nothing that will defend these people because there's they're YouTubers. They've got tons of followers. They know what they're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. That guy knows what he's talking about because, look, he's doing it. Well, look, I've dealt with venomous snakes, too, but I didn't go, hey, let me just handle this bitch and see what happens. Yeah. One of those dumbasses is missing part of a finger for a reason. <coughs> so, I mean, he didn't just chop it off one day. So, yes, they do get bit. But, sorry, small soapbox there for some small soapbox damn man i i get bothered by the influence look two of the ones that bill two of the ones that bill has not but has mentioned (laughs) uh do bother me and when it comes to fat retakes it's not just the main one there's another one who is big in the hobby uh who seems to have his own facebook group because like if you comment bad shit on there you get kicked out of it um has been known for obese snakes for 30 40 30 years now so Well, and don't worry. The only reason that I can't um, troll those other people is because I don't own ver- venomous. <laughs> I only have one <laughs> rear fang, so I actually have thought pretty hard, uh, and it probably I I'm pretty much going to make a like series of videos while I'm home, and then just kind of release them as I can through social media. Um, the only thing I have is that's rear fang is the boiga, um, yeah. and I have a lot of the really small hooks the like the really slender like for baby viper hooks um and i'm gonna try and do something facetious with those um just to try to make a point but we'll see yeah that's the only reason i don't troll those people is because i don't i don't have the um collections to troll them otherwise i would because i i feel the same way i don't have the vast experience that like like phil wolf is a great person to talk to when it comes to venomous because he has a vast experience with it Cody Bartolini, great person to talk to when it comes to that. But I have worked with venomous. I've I've held venomous snakes in my hand with tools and tubes, and it was for an actual reason to do a process on it to help save its life, not to go, hey, look how cool I am, look at what I can hold, right? There's there's no reason for that. Every time I see these these field herpers posting pictures of them fucking holding a rattlesnake by the head, there was no fucking reason for you to pick it up. Go right. out there. Take a picture, enjoy the moment, and then move the fuck on. Because so, now someone else is going to see that and think they can do it. Yeah. Um, I have a weird uh, take 
on the King Cobra thing. And it, a lot of folks have been posting about Steve Irwin uh, recently on social media uh, in like different remembrance kind of things. And um, I have a weird take on that one too. But um, so that dude did a lot of stuff that I think is dumb and dangerous and all kinds of things. Um, but, and it's a really huge, but like, there's a really big asterisk next to that is you. And I, and I don't really have a way to quantify it. Um, you could look at that guy and like, he meant it or like, or believed it, or it was genuine, or I don't really know how it was authentic, I guess is how you would say that. He would have been um, doing all that stuff without a camera on him. Right. But, it, but his reasoning, he had a purpose to doing it for, you want know, to show the world and so on and so forth and, and these things. And it was like, there's authenticity there. And I, and I say that because the, the venomous YouTube folks that I, I, I don't troll them because I'm currently not able, but I would if I could, right? I I would love to free handle an adult King Cobra. By myself, I just want to do it. One to I want to go to the Madras Croc Bank in India with the dudes that are giving them water in the drought season. I dearly want to participate in something like that. The reasoning being to me, and it's very similar to a croc monitor. There are very few species that I equate it to free diving with sharks, different things is it's a genuine experience of being around something that absolutely has the ability to end your life and is choosing not to. I, I think it's the consummate example of intelligence in animals, which a lot of people really struggle with as a concept. And I'm really far down the nerd rabbit hole for all this stuff. And it is kind of how my life, my life is centered kind of around that and a few other things. And, and to me, it's like ultimate experience, different kind of thing. And I think what really, that's why I think those YouTube people are so bad is like, dude, you don't even care. Like, yeah, you're doing it and it's a crappy example. And Congress is probably going to use it to screw over my hobby, but like, you don't even care. You you're just, you're doing it to show off on the internet. Really? Like you're doing one of the coolest. I think as a person in this hobby, I think that is one of the most amazing experiences a human being could ever have. You're going to interact with an 18 foot literal king of venomous snakes. It is intelligent and knows what's going all of the amazing things. And you're doing it to show off on the internet. What a waste of human effort. Like you, I, I don't know. I don't get it. You, if, if you have a croc monitor, that's nine feet long and interacts with humans in a positive way. And you just like put it on your head and walk around to get on Instagram likes. What a waste. What it, well, what an absolute waste of an amazing accomplishment. Like, do you know what I mean? They, I don't know. They act like there's some sort of higher weird... level connection between them and that King Cobra. When in, in reality, it's like you said, 
That King Cobra is smart. It is not your yeah, corn snake at home. It is smart. And I honestly think that King Cobra, it understands, it does understand those those guys aren't going to hurt them. They understand that they are not a predator. They've seen it enough times. They've dealt with them enough times. They're not a predator. They also know they're not food. Two reasons to bite something. Right? So they know that they don't need to bite. It's not a connection. It's 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 a it's right. an understanding. It's it's purely an understanding that Cobra, I don't need to bite you. Yeah, but, but how problem, profound is that? Oh, like, I know, and it's amazing. The, I don't know. It's that's my like that's about the only thing you'll ever hear me be like semi-sappy nerd spiritual about. Right? Like but, that's literally profound, and you do it on YouTube. Like, oh at man. the same time, the, the problem I have is as smart as that snake is, and because it's smart, it can have a bad day. Sure. And that and that cobra having a bad day not only becomes a bad day for the cobra and for the moron holding the cobra, but for the hobby. It, because yeah. you are such a large name and because everyone knows the cobra and they know you have that cobra, you get bit by this thing that you've been saying over and over again is so gentle and is so kind and so because it had a bad day and you something happens to you, you've fucked no, all of us. I- a hundred percent. No, I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Like when, when one of those dudes gets tagged and passes away, they're going to make a blackfish documentary about reptiles and we're done. That's, that is my prediction. Nostradamus style with the beard for how reptiles ends. Um, I just, and I agree with everything you said. I just, it, to me, man, there's for that particular one with venomous and things like there's just another level of what a waste. Like you, you have the ability to have all of these things, you know, you gain some monetary stuff from the internet or whatever, whatever allowed you to have those things. And then you, and that's what you used it for. ah. My dad said, and this is one thing, this is one argument I've heard before. And, and, and it can be a valid argument. He prefaced, he, he, he he repeated himself twice. Just play devil's advocate. What is the difference between that? And Steve Irwin doing what he did to make money on TV. And, and like you said, and my argument has always been Steve Irwin was a different kind of person. There was, from the moment you saw him, that was him. At no point did I ever feel that he was putting on it. Now, look, did I feel he exaggerated things for the TV? Of course, because he's doing TV. But at the same time, that was that was him. That excitement was him. And when you watch him freehandle something, he's not freehandling it for look how big my nuts are and how much of a man I am and how awesome this is. And that's cool. He's grabbing a Taipan by the tail and trying to get it out to bite him to show you what it is. And at no point is he trying to tell you how great this thing is as a pet and how he has this connection as a pet, but more of look at how amazing this animal is in educating. And look, Steve Irwin single-handedly is the number one reason that I don't know, at least 50% of the people are in the hobby. Like, well, it, it it was a it was definitely a huge fringe thing before him. The hobby was. It definitely became far more of an accepted thing when it Steve Irwin was around. People were like, oh, reptiles are cool. Yeah, hundred percent. But I I would also say to to that question in particular that it quite literally was a different world and a different business model. And what I mean by that is that. In part, Steve Irwin was beholden to producers of a television show and and so on and so forth. Um, But like, if you read the things that his wife uh, has spoken about or the interviews and stuff his family has given, um, 
and in relation to like the zoo and different things, they had a, a, a lot of creative control and, and they were able to like to help with a lot of the writing and, 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 you know, originally when the show started, they used the zoo's animals and, and people like boohoo the staging or whatever crap like that. He had a lot of say in that and, and how it was done and a lot of control. And when you hear like Mark O'Shea and different people that had television shows, they, they talk about that. Like, the reason that Mark's show was different is because Mark had the control to say, Hey man, if we don't find anything, we're going to have an episode where we don't find anything. And like, you know, it was just a different type of, of thing. And it's, it's, it's literally a different business model currently to what those folks are doing. They're, they're not doing it for the same purpose. They're not doing it. They're doing it based off of algorithm driven things for the internet. Uh, the the entire business structure from the attention advertising algorithm standpoint for what they're doing is genuinely different than what folks like Steve Irwin were doing. And that's also why shows like Steve Irwin's no longer exist because in the current business model and business structure of that, he wouldn't be successful. And like you had the, um, I don't remember his name, but the dude from Lord of the Rings, that's also an animal nerd. Um, he did a couple of things like that, had a few short TV type of things. There's been a photographer that did some field herping TV things. Um, if, back in the day, even uh, the snake bites folks and, and if, a lot of people try to go a little bit of the TV route um, and it's never successful. It's, it's quite literally a different business model. Mostly and, you know, things like uh, eating alive with the green anaconda. Right? Yeah. And it, uh, and that like the, the folks that were doing the animal part of that, I live tweeted during that show, trashing that dude. And he answered me and, and we went back and forth uh, during the show. Um, and, and even then, like nothing, nothing ever came of that. It was a one-time thing. And now it's something we make fun well, of. It's not Joe a, Phelan a had real TV on. show. Joe yeah, well, no, I don't I'm saying I'm at the yeah. TV show side. Like, yeah, it, yeah, no, that's you what know, I'm saying. They, ABC they had him on and he, and he set up that. and like make a show. You know well, what I mean? He said that, that that was not his goal. Like he, the way the things happened was not how he originally, you know, like you said, Erwin had it was control. Not what talked yeah, about Erwin either. had control of what kind of went out and this guy <laughs> didn't. And we saw what happened. Like he, he was a, a guy who liked reptiles and snakes. And that is obviously not exactly what he was hoping to, to have come across in that. And it's what they made. Well, and, and there's a lot of folks like um, Kentucky Reptile Zoo. Kristen does most of their social media posting and she says, she tells people, Oh, Hey, I just got called for a TV show today. Oh, we got called for this today. And they always turn them down unless they have creative control. Um, and she, she, she's in a couple of different groups for venomous and and actual zoological things where she gets very specific in. These are the questions to ask. These are how you would structure that. And like the actual real business ins and outs of that, um, it's, it's literally a different entity than when Steve Irwin was in it. So you can, you, I have made the comparison before and, and I know why people make that comparison, but on the business side of things, what motivates those people to do what they do and get money from YouTube and Instagram, it just isn't the same business. Well, and Chuck said he'd be willing to bet that the YouTubers we're talking about in Florida would espouse exactly what you said about handling the Cobra and, and being part of it and that whole mental thing and then he says that it really just comes down to the perceived mo- uh, motives I, I think they would like, too and he said like you uh he believes that it's for likes but they will say it's for the connection with the animals 
Yeah, I think they would too. That's why I think that when they said that is they'd be on Instagram live holding the snake. Yeah. When I say that I'm on my couch and I don't own one of those snakes. And if yeah. I ever did it, you guys would probably know because I would tell you when I talk to you, but I wouldn't ever put it on here. It's not, you know what I mean? Like there's, that's quite literally putting your money where your mouth is. Go do something amazing when you make money off of YouTube. Don't put it on YouTube. Then it's valuable to you. And and we'll know. If, if you don't think this is a giant high school, you're crazy. If <laughs> if one of those guys did an amazing thing and was like, hey, man, I don't want, I'm not going to film this. I just want to do, I want to do this. We would all know. His, yeah. they would Because that would be, that would be profound. It would be genuine. But, it would be valued by a lot of people, and we would know. And we don't. And that's, that right there tells you. All, we like to think that our hobby is, is is bigger than it really is, but it's it's not. In reality, it's a pretty small hobby, and, and it, that tells you that it is. Like, look, Bill, I know you, and and we know Eric Burke, and, I, and we know like we know so many other people across the country that do really? other things. And there's Chuck, and we talked to. There's so many other people that you think, oh, well, maybe it's actually not that big of a hobby. How, how do I know <laughs> so many different people? Right. But in reality, it's not a ton of people, and they all know the same people I know. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if someone does something, good or bad, we find out about it. It doesn't have yeah. to be on YouTube if you truly meant it. Sure. But at the same time, I get the idea of someone wanting to record something that is good for the hobby and showing it. But yeah, there's absolutely. a very tricky there's a very tricky balance of are you doing it for that or are you doing it purely as a money grab? And to yeah. have the well, fame or whatever. Yeah. The recognition. My my rebuttal to that would be how many billions of people saw the Matrix movies? And how many people I would bet it's almost the same amount know that Keanu Reeves is known as like a really nice guy and yeah. does charity and blah, blah, blah. You ever, see, none him of itself you ever, you ever see him do that? Or, no, it's not. But everybody knows. And we all, we all participate in the thing that made him wealthy and makes him famous and so on and so forth. But the genuinely good things, I, I know that they happen. I've never seen that dude. I never been to no soup kitchen he was at. No. I know what happens, right? Like it, it doesn't. I don't know. The two are not separate. You, you know, you and I. I honestly think, at least I. I really kind of hope. Um, he's. I don't know. It's been up and down. Most things are. I thought. I think that that's where Barczyk was going. Like, a lot of people poo pooed him. And I didn't agree with some of the stuff that happened. I liked snake bites back in the day. There's pictures on my yeah. Facebook with the kids wearing his shirts. I loved it for kids. It was great. And then I didn't. And then he made a zoo. And I, I'm pretty impressed with that. And then I see some things I didn't really like at the zoo that were for clicks and likes. And okay. And so we're some good and some bad. Right. But it's to me, that's trending that direction. Right. Of I did these things collectively. We were like, Hey man, that's pretty cringy. That's not cool. Don't do that. You know? And that person was like, I get it. I'll do this. And now there's still a couple of cringy things. Cause okay. But net positive. Right. Well, like my dad said, 
to the point, the world has forced the business model to change. And the only way to make money is to change with the times. And unfortunately, uh, disagree, but okay. I understand what you're saying. I logically accept your point. I disagree that there is not a different method to make the money. The problem is we go back to thinking about yeah. the views on YouTube. If you were to compare someone showing an educational video on snakes versus someone getting bit by a snake or almost getting bit by a snake, the almost getting bit is the train wreck thing we talked about earlier. People would rather I, watch a train wreck. I would argue Emily, Emily, right? Emily went viral for getting bit by things, which to me, huge negative. However, she, she, for one thing, in, in the video where she got bit, in context, was actually very educational. The way it was taken, usual social media trash. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have any control over that, which sucks, but she has control over how she reacts to all of the attention that she gets and how she reacted to all the attention that she gets is to cater to her very young audience. She looks and sounds like a librarian and, and teaches in that way and presents in that way, wholesome, positive, so on and so forth. And pretty sure she's doing really well with that YouTube money and is also using but it to build a facility. Would you say she's an outlier? more than the possible norm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Her and Ed have worked their ass I, off to be where I would at. say she currently is an outlier by her choice of style. Yeah. It's normative when you consider her use. She uses that algorithm exactly the same way that they do, but her algorithm is designed for elementary school kids and middle school. Her aim is different. Right. She's aiming at a different demographic and you would, you know, I put things on YouTube that are educational and you have to say four kids and, and do all these, there are steps, right? I understand. Still worked. She's got more views and follows and clicks than a lot of those people. So, yeah. And so I'd say Clint is probably the closest to her, but I don't know what the following difference is, but I'd imagine Emily's and, is much higher than Clint. There's also to me, there's also an integrity side of that to where look at Dave. Okay. Dave does not have the audience. He has an audience. Yeah. But not, not like that. No. However, I've had the opportunity to hang out with Dave. I hang out with Ryan and, and that, that crowd a little bit more than most folks do. And what I know about Dave is that Dave, when you look at his views and clicks and follows and so on and so forth, what none of us get to see, of course, is how much of the thing are they watching after they click on it? Yeah. And for him, it's almost all of it. It's not YouTube shorts in a minute or two. They're watching 45 minutes of this long-haired nutball run around Israel <laughs> digging up lizards. It's dedication because he's putting out a different product. He's and definitely so, getting a more reptile a uh, hobbyist but, but, versus a newcomer agreed but my thing is that he can show that and and he doesn't have to show that youtube is aware you're, you're doing it on their platform they know right but you youtube or instagram any of them 
that is, that's categorized. That's recorded. That goes into the algorithm. That goes everything. Because again, this is an attention-driven circumstance, which goes into the monetization of things. And a person like Dave can show, I've only got like 500,000 people that follow me, but 480,000 of them watch 40 minutes at a time. And then an advertiser is going to go, oh my God, that's like freaking TV. You know how much money we spend on TV? Different animal. This dude is going to be like, people click in to see if I get bit by the snake because they're looking for the NASCAR train wreck. And then when it doesn't happen, they click off. Nobody cares. They'll be like, Jesus, we got to get an ad in in the first 13 seconds. And it changes the conversation. The literal business model is different. And you, and I know for a fact that both are effective and you are choosing to do the one that you are doing. So if both are effective, now it is a choice and you're choosing to do the easy one. That's flashy and stupid and dangerous because you can, you're not putting in the time and the effort and the money that those people are. That's why people look down on it. If there was only one way and you were being forced and like, Hey man, this is how I make my living. This is what I got to do. And then part of me would be like, that really sucks. And I don't agree with it. And part of my brain would be like, what I say at the start of this podcast, shut up, go to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. Hey man. Yeah. I got bills to pay, dude. I get it. I know why you're doing what you're doing. However, this dude does that and he don't do it that way. He pays his bills. Yeah. So you're choosing to do it that way. Well, then that's not the same. I agree. Now, with that said, it's over two hours now. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was no, great. This has been an awesome it's night. Been great look, look, this is the first time I have Robert. not made it through all of the, there were still a bunch of responses. And I apologize to anybody else we didn't get to, but most of it was the same thing over and over again. Uh, it's a collection of things. There is not one thing that is going to, as much as we, as someone wants to go, this will it's be going to downfall. be the YouTubers that are our downfall. It's going to be the hot handlers that are our downfall. It's going to be that it's all of it. It's, it's the whole thing that if we don't find a way to, to take control of the narrative, that it will be. And it, it goes from supporting us arc because they're the ones that are fighting us for the legislative side, helping us fight laws and keeping up with what's going there. And they're the ones that are reading 700 pages of whatever to find that one little line in there that says ball pythons are illegal somewhere. Right support us art you know on top of that don't i mean i I, i'll say i honestly have not clicked on a bar check video in well over a year now don't get me wrong he's very good at the clickbaity stuff and he says some of the things and i'm like oh man i kind of want to see that but i know the game and i know clicks are the game and i and i don't give them to him so be very deliberate in who you give attention to and who you tell people to go watch and who you tell people to pay and everything you do in the hobby counts and the moment you start to think that whatever you do doesn't count you're right you're you're right it doesn't if you think it doesn't count at that point it doesn't count you you, you might as well leave you you're no longer part of the hobby everything you do counts whether you are on a podcast telling folks look this is how you do this this is what i think this is, or if you're going and doing public outreach and Showing a kid that snakes aren't evil and they're not killing people and they are wonderful. Everything, every little thing you do counts. And and with this whole list of different things, yeah, 
it's it's all going to be a problem, and we've got to be proactive. So, so I um, I just always <clears throat> I don't know. I've said it like a, probably a bunch of times on podcasts that people are tired of hearing, but um, the Winston Churchill quote about small groups of people. He says, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, yep. they're the only ones that ever have. Yep. Yeah. I, that's it, man. Like, I just saw um, it actually got shared in the group chat for uh, her Pediculture Network, making fun of it, that um, there aren't there aren't um, there aren't hangouts like Friends or uh, that 70s show. Like friends don't hang out like that anymore. They all hang out in a group chat, like named yeah. stupid cunts or whatever, like making yeah. fun of it. Yes. And, and that got shared to our group chat, obviously. Um, that to me, that's what that is. And we, we keep talking about it. Like as people like randomly get added to the group chat. And I talk about it on my podcast a lot of um, how guests come to me. I searched some of them out, um, but most of them are recommended to me by people yes. or are in my um, yeah. friend group. And I'm, I, I started out knowing most of them personally, and now I, I definitely don't. Um, but that's that's what it has to be like, and it it feels insurmountable because those because we contextualize it for social media. They have so much reach and so much influence and blah, 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 and whatever. And in part, that's true. Just accept that and move on. However, we all listen to Owen and Eric that get super mad because now Madagascar giant hog noses and white lips are really expensive because they really <laughs> like them. I listen to Justin complain because now beards are really expensive because he really likes them. Yeah, I listen to Jake talk, man, people need to stop buying Nerodia. I want to buy them, you know, and they're influencing her pediculture. And they're just random dudes that like water snakes that smell bad, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it, it is, it is influencing things. And it, again, my opinion, I don't think it's because they have that big of a reach. I think it's because they're so into it like yeah. that when you listen to owen talk about snakes that hate him and are supposedly hard to breed but somehow just make <laughs> babies in pennsylvania that, that like and then i all everybody's like that's that's the coolest thing i've ever heard of in my life you, you know and it there's a little bit of you don't want to drive it and then people have you know buy things they shouldn't or whatever but right. you, can, you cannot discount the fact that it's influential. It is. And, and in a positive way. I, I don't know. I just, people discount their ability to influence because they feel like they're being overshadowed by what, honest to God, is just a giant computer designed to run advertisement. And if you're not trying to be friends with an advertising computer, you're trying to be friends with some nerd who likes to keep frogs in boxes. You know, and if you want to take your quote even a step further and make it more individualized, I mean, Dr. Seuss said it, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, things aren't going to get better. They're not. I mean, and that yeah. takes it just even one step further. Yeah. Well, 
I have no quotes because I don't read books or read quotes <laughs> from people. So I'm going to go ahead and try and close this and out. Civilized individual. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a, a great Nerd. conversation. And I really hate that that Robert missed. It. I know that he would love to have been part really of this. Really upset that he's missed it too. Um, I'll come back. Uh, I'm safe. If at some in, in the next six months, in six months when we can get Bill back on the schedule, we'll. Hey get man, Bill back. come on now. <laughs> I uh, unofficially might be down in your part of the country sometime soon. We'll see. Then you have to let us know and see if we can For, make uh, work out work purposes. So come on, I'll feed you. Bring on, it on here. down. <laughs> uh. Just throw back out there again. If you want to save 15% on uh, VivTech products, use code GUMBO22. Uh, artists, reach out to us. We would love to do something. Get your art on our shirts, signature on it. I think it would be awesome. I don't. I mean, even if it's a kid that draws a tube snake, I don't give a shit. I'll put it on a shirt. Um, That's so cool. <laughs> uh, well, well, I had something else that I wanted to do. Oh, our, our giveaway for this month, we will have it up within the next 24 hours. Again, thanks to Repticulture. $50 gift certificate to Repticulture. Wonderful store down here local to us. But again, they ship, so you can get something through them. I think that's it. Bill, if they want to reach out to you, listen to you, talk to you, what are all the ways they can do that? Oh, man. Uh, Facebook, you can find me as me, or you can go to Coal Black Exotics or the educational side. That's um, myself and my wife, Teresa. It's actually now mostly Teresa and our daughter, Indira, that have been doing tons and tons of shows which is pretty cool it has not slowed down at all uh yeah. on the podcast spiders. side what's up indira does the spiders uh-huh. yes yes okay yes. he was she making does. sure he had the right kid <laughs> yep yep yeah she uh she continues to uh yeah they have plants and it's getting crazy um I love it on the podcast side uh i do lizard brain radio which is part of the herpeticulture network so that's been really cool. I currently have guests booked out to the end of the year. I do every other Sunday. Uh, I Same thing. I use StreamYard, do it live, all that cool stuff. Uh, and we talk to lizard nerds. Yeah. Go go like him on Facebook so that way when he pops up live, if you see it. You can join oh, his and if Go on TikTok. He's yes, so TikTok. excited. Oh, my gosh. Go look at that. Um I'm going to keep making ridiculous troll videos, but that initial one with the <laughs> absurd hashtags, by the way, hashtag stop fingering eggs and obese retics suck. Um, <laughs> click on those. I, 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 I man, come on. We have to, I need real nerds. Close, we got to make it. It's yeah. So I need kid real nerds. Than, my, <laughs> yeah. than my finger fucking eggs. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's um, so yeah. And that one, that is very particular. Uh, go do that. Um, again, uh, you can find our store on our Facebook page, go order a shirt. Uh, there's, there's leggings. I really had fun just making the random shit that, uh, Printful had up for sale. And I just put our logo on whatever I could, uh, I will get more shirts out. I have a plan to put our, our original logo on the back of one, our new logo kind of on the pocket, kind of same way. I want to do some of the art shirts. We could do those. Um, we will be back. Oh, next week, next week. We will not be here. We're taking off. It is Thanksgiving week. We're taking that off, but we did some interviews at the Pearland show. And so we have some interviews some coming out. Stuff coming there was out. some, uh, if you want a lot of reptile talk, it's probably not going to happen in those interviews, but it they are not, but they, they are very episode. entertaining interviews. They really are. Uh, so that will be here next week. I may actually throw in some, I still have some from like 15 shows ago that uh, some interviews that I'll throw in there as well. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. I have a guest loaded up for that one and hopefully Robert will be feeling better. Katie may be here. We may all actually be here for a podcast. Maybe. I'm thinking of the date. 
Probably not. It probably won't happen. No, 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 no. I don't think I have anything that Tuesday. Oh, that's great. So, Bill, thanks for coming on. It was wonderful talking to you. I, I love having you on every time we can get you on here. Yeah, um, it always runs over. Sorry. No, that's don't okay. be sorry. It's, don't be sorry. It runs over because they're great conversations. So they that's are. why it's wonderful. Uh, Amanda Reddy said, Bill, reach out if you ever want to know about our side of Panther Chameleons on your podcast. Uh, the Reddies, they're, they're amazing people. They, they do amazing Panther Chameleon stuff. Hey, uh, they do. Message me. Message me yeah. on Instagram so I can find your page. And if your dad wants to fight at recess, I'll tell you when I'm going to be in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Bill, hang out for just a second. We'll, we'll log off. Uh, good night to everybody, and we'll be back in two weeks. Goodbye.